All right. Here we go. We're doing this a little different this week on Bucks and Brews. We're going live on Podbean. At the same time we do the Zoom, Mike is joining us this week. We're going to talk about our journey. Um, and before we get too far into this, we're going to talk about what we're drinking. Nick brought something special tonight. Yeah, I say, I'm really excited for tonight's episode because, uh, right, it's all about me, and that's that's the number one thing I care about. True, true story. <laughs> so uh, I went and got a Founders Sharice. Uh, uh, so it's a it's an ale made with cherries, um, usually full of full of great cherry flavor. Um, hits the mouth sweet, um, you know, and uh, say actually I, I I borrowed one of yours and shared with you one of mine. So uh, you know I that's what I'm going to be drinking all night long is just some uh, Charisse from Founders. Well, and I brought in a couple of fun beers. I was to basically share with the Charisse. I'm trying to put in a password here because, you know, why not? <laughs> um, that way I can share that we're actually live tonight. So I, I brought in CEO Stout from Right Brain to mix with the Charisse, which yeah. I, I agree with Nick. We're a little overpowering. Yeah, this, um, this, this coffee... The coffee in this is, is very, I mean, it's it's a big coffee in this CEO style. So. And uh, then when I get done with uh, wanting the CEO style, I have from Sagatuck Brewing, the original Neapolitan milk stout. So it's a stout night for me. Yeah. Uh, Mike's over here. I'm sure he has some fun stuff. So we got the Sagatuck Brewing glasses, but we prefer the uh, the old Bucks, Bucks and, and Brews Bruce glasses, you know? I mean. Mike, what do you got? It's kind of a supporting of Grand Armory Brewing Night for me. I did a little searching yesterday and found a Fluffernutter peanut butter stout. So it's oh. basically marshmallow stout. So it's basically going to be like nutty your business with peanut butter. Okay, nice. And then when that's done, also from Grand Armory, a white chocolate blonde. Sounds really good. Does sound really good. So this week we're going to talk about our journeys because Nick and I thought it'd be important to share where we've come from and are going to. And Mike's joining us because he's also got a good story. Um, and we're just going to kind of flow with that. I think Nick's going to talk to me first and then I'll talk to him and we'll both talk to Mike. How's that sound? See, it sounds, it sounds like a great plan to me. So Mike, you chime in anytime you want as usual. So... You know, we, we talk about it as things kind of come up on this podcast, but we've never really hit, you know, in order each of ours, right? So as David said, it, it seemed kind of important to let you guys know, well, you know, in one lump sum where we come from. So, you know, David, I guess where, you know, your upbringing and mine is a little different. So where did you, where did you start? Did your, did your parents teach you of money as a kid? So... I had really no healthy respect for money when I was a kid. So um, parents were divorced when I was one. I grew up in my grandmother's house with my aunt, my mom, and an asswipe. Um, I liked the asswipe at the time, but, you know, now I don't. Sure. Um, long story there. But my mom was an RN, okay, and she struggled early in my life, but too early for me to remember. Sure. So, I mean, she graduated and got a job, you know, as an RN full-time in like 1982. 
So at that point, I'm, you know, five years old. Sure. So I don't really remember much. I remember my first vacation was, other than, you know, trips to like Chicago and stuff, was my sixth birthday. She took me to Disney. Oh, jeez. So went to Disney, went to Epcot, went to Busch Gardens, went to just SeaWorld all over down there. Okay. And that was the first of many vacations we took. Okay. As a kid, I went to Hawaii five times. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you know, I, there were, when I was leaving Hawaii, people thought I was a native going on vacation. <laughs> See, so now, <laughs> so now, now I guess like looking at all those vacations, your mom, I mean, did your mom go into debt for those? Do you know? I mean, did she? She did not because what happened was my grandmother bought that house in 1972 and you've seen the house. It's a big place. It's a large house. You know, Mike spent many, many times in the summer there, you know basketball or in the pool or whatever and and uh they split the bills three ways my grandmother my mom and my aunt sure uh, it's about five thousand square feet it's about eight bedrooms yeah so you never felt like you were on top of anyone um uh shout out to eric i see he's on um so you know i she never had to go in debt for anything. She just had plenty of money. Sure. Mortgage was basically paid because my grandmother was great with money. I mean, you, she grew up in the depression. Sure. And, you know, when she was a kid, you know, I, I don't want to say my great grandmother was a whore. Yeah. But my great grandmother was a whore. So my grandmother basically raised the kids. Okay. And she got out of there basically when she turned 18. She married my grandpa when she turned 18. Um, I think he came from Mattoon, Illinois. They met in Chicago. Uh, they ended up moving to Michigan. Okay. Um, so, you know, they ended up getting uh, divorced. I think my mom was early teens. And then my grandmother remarried a, a shithead. Um, so my mom never really had to worry about money. She was making great money as an RN. Sure. She only had a third of the bills to pay. So, and, and she wasn't paying any of the mortgage at that point. I mean, it was a third of electric. It was a third of gas. Sure. You know, it was a third of the cable bill. Right. Which, I mean, they say, you know, when you're making RN money and you have other money, it's, it's not horrible. So. Tax return every year went to pay for whatever vacation we took. Okay. So. Um, and you took one a year at least? We took one a year at least. We took a big one a year. I mean, we might do something else. Sure. Might, you know, go to a Cubs game or something, you know, for three days or something. But Oh, sure. But we took one big vacation. Like, I remember we had a run. 86, we went to Hawaii for the first time. 87, we did D.C. Oh, wow. 88, we did Hawaii and we did three islands. We did the Big Island, Maui, and Oahu. Okay. Um, the year after that, we went to L.A. to see my father's family. Then we went back to Hawaii. I mean, we went to Hawaii every other year from 86 to 80 or to 94. Oh, yeah. So you went quite a bit. I, I went a lot. And I mean, I, I love Honolulu. Nick has asked me all the time. He's like, why do you want to go to Hawaii so much? It's so damn expensive. You can go to Mexico for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, you can. But I've been there, you know, six times now. I really like it. Yeah. It, it feels like home. So now, Gracie, you're, you're, you're living at home. And now, when did you, when did you decide that you were no longer going to live with your mom? And and what did like did you move to an apartment? Like what what did that look like? So I, I was one of those that was firmly in belief of live with your parents as long as you can. Okay. So, 
Um, I decided I wanted to move out of Plainwell. I was adamant I wanted to move out of Plainwell. So I, I moved to Rockford, Illinois. My plan was to go to Northern Illinois University. I spent a year at community college in Illinois after spending a year at community college in, in Michigan. And Mike ended up moving down after he graduated from Albion. And we needed to work. So we got jobs as salesmen, which was <laughs> horrible. It was just a, a horrible job. Sure. Um, long, long hours. I mean, we'd work like 15, 16 hour days. Yeah. So we made nothing. <laughs> um, Mike found out quickly he was not good at sales. Sure. Like when we started, I remember, you know, you had to pitch these. Uh, yep. There we go. So before my internet crapped out like an idiot, um, we were talking about the best job ever. Best yeah, job so ever. Moving out of your mom's house and then. And you well, I hadn't it. moved out yet. I, she moved with me to Illinois. Oh, your mom. Oh, yeah. She moved with me to Illinois. Okay. Because. I didn't want to be away from my cat. Sure. So, which sounds crazy, but I'm going to drink. It sounds crazy, but I love my cat, all my cats. So basically, uh, Mike and I got a job selling filter queens, you know, 15, 16, 17 hour days. And Mike, when we, we originally had to pitch to family. So we both had to pitch to my mother. Sure. And I remember her telling me, Mike is so much smoother at this than you are. You kind of suck. And I, I did. I was horrible because I'm not good at sitting there and reading something and memorizing it, which Mike is perfect. I mean, Mike will look at it once and he's got it down and, and it sounds smooth and he's good. Yeah. Acting career in the future. <laughs> me, right. I, me, I need to say it a few times. And once I get it in my head, then it's just natural. And now I'm just, I, you know, like me and you, know, we're just bullshitting. Sure. So Mike ended up being very, very bad at sales. I was actually decent, but we made no money. So that was kind of, you know, awful. Um, Mike ended up having a seizure. So he ended up moving back to Michigan because, you know, he needed some medical care and, and couldn't drive anymore because of the seizure. So he, he didn't drive for a couple of years. Sure. So, you know, at that point, I, I really didn't know what to do. So I just kind of hung out. I, I literally hung out for two years and didn't do shit. It was ridiculous and pathetic and if i if i could go back and beat the hell out of myself i would sure um and your mom your mom's supporting you while you're hanging out basically yeah yeah i was going into debt because you know i just didn't want to do anything i, just, I wasn't motivated i i was just kind of a, a lazy piece of shit and uh was well, i'm not lazy <laughs> anymore but i'm still a piece of shit so I mean, you know, I ended up, I moved back in 99, summer of 99. Mike helped move me back. You, so your mom, your mom moves back too? She moved back too. Okay. Um, I was dating a girl and, you know, it's always a girl. It happens. And, you know, she was kind of an idiot, but I moved back for her because, you know, she was cute. Yeah. And uh, that fizzled quickly after I moved back. Um and basically, in the time I was in Illinois, I had blown through about $18,000 and took myself about 30000 in debt. Okay. So, and you, I mean, credit card debt? Credit card debt. All of it? All of it. Just not even like new car, just credit card no, debt? No, just credit card debt. Okay. I bought a lot of CDs. Okay. So, so you weren't just... I made, a lot of, I made a lot of phone calls. Oh, yeah. So, because back in the day. Back in the day. Well, you long know, distance. Constantly. I missed my friends. So Mike and I would spend 
I don't know, three hours. Four hours a day on the phone. Sure. And, and right for people that don't understand, I mean, I came out of the end of that generation, but I remember, you know, I, I'm still part of the, uh, you know, it was really cool when Sprint went from nine o'clock to seven o'clock, three yeah. nights a weekend, you know, um, you had to, we had to watch your minutes, but like calling long distance cost a lot of money. So I remember I had uh, whatever the popular one was back then it wasn't at t it was like, like next no it, it was it was a landline but it was like yeah, so this was landlines it was oh, wow. it started with an a but for the life of me i can't remember the name of it it's whatever preceded at t okay um and they would do these commercials for these other numbers yep and I remember one of them was 10, 10, 2, 20. If you called 10, 10, 2, 20, and then you called yes. whoever you were calling, it was 10 cents a minute. Yep. So, I mean, Mike and I would spend three, four hours on the phone at 10 cents a minute. I, I racked up bills. And back then, you know, if you got online, you paid also by the hour. Okay. So, I mean, I'm on AOL for, I don't know, 30 hours a month. Sure. Paying, you know, four bucks an hour or whatever it was. ASL, age, sex, location. Correct. You just want to know where everybody was from. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it, I wasted a lot of money. Okay. And I didn't have that healthy understanding of, you know, it's going to be hard to get money. <laughs> you should really value it. So, sure. my mom was good at saving money for me. She just wasn't good at teaching me the value of it. Sure. And she let you get a credit card. Oh, yeah. I was on credit cards when I was young. I, same thing with Caitlin. When I was 14, I was on my mother's credit cards. Okay. I had a better respect for it back then because she would tell me, if you don't have money to pay for this, you can't buy it. Okay. So around the teenage years, she, she attempted to she teach, attempted. You, teach you a little bit about money. Okay. I think the downfall was basically when I turned 18, she said, here you go and handed me the checkbook. Sure. And at that point, I'm like, hey, I got a lot of money and it's never going to go away. And I, if, if you don't write in your ledger, it officially looks like that amount of money's there. I, I, I pissed away a lot of money. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, that was my fault. You know, I, I don't blame anybody for it. I did a lot of stupid things. Sure. I, I ended up moving back and, you know, my plan was to go into computer repair and stuff. And I got a job back in Kalamazoo in computer repair. My mom ended up getting a job up at Kent community. Okay. So she ended up moving up to Kentwood. I, moved up here as well because I couldn't stand living with my grandmother anymore. Um, I did that for a couple of years. I, I stayed with my mom. Okay. Um, I, I moved out. How old are you about this time? 22. Okay. 23. Sure. I, I didn't move out until Dawn and I got serious. Okay. So I moved out. And Dawn, Dawn just somebody knows this. Is David's current wife. Correct. Uh, five times removed. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that, you know, uh, her and I moved out September of 2001. Okay. Uh, we got our own place. Yep. Apartment or house? Apartment. Okay. Um, and we did that for a little over a year until my mother ended up helping us get a trailer because, you know, by, by that point, Dawn was working a job that went bankrupt and they stopped paying her. Okay. And, you know, I was making eight bucks, eight fifty an hour. So, I mean, I wasn't making anything and she wasn't making, you know, anything because now they weren't paying her. So, I mean, we went into deep debt after I'd already been bailed out from the 30,000. Sure. And, and that honestly is the beginning of me understanding money because at, at that point I had to go file bankruptcy. So I got, so go ahead. 
So you're thirty thousand dollars in debt. You carried that into the marriage. No, no, I got I got bailed out on that. Okay, so so somebody bails you out, aka mommy. Yep. Bails Correct. you out, on, your, me out on, on, that. on your on your Mike Love debt. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just call it man. We'll love call it, we'll call it Mike Love debt. There was uh, a, on the phone. I spent right? a lot of money talking to Mike. So you get bailed out of this, yeah, and then you get with your wife, and you guys build up more debt. More debt above now, and the debt wasn't on the trailer. Your mom helped you buy it. No, the debt was previous to actually moving into the apartment. Okay. So we were living with my mom. It was me, yep. Caitlin, my mom, and Dawn living okay. in a huge apartment that cost, I don't know, like 1300 a month. Oh, well, and back then, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and Dawn was making good money. We were out at River Oaks, out by Bailey's Grove. Oh, sure. Um, Dawn was making good money. She was working as a CNA, you know, and, and back then, they still paid like, Ten eleven dollars. I mean, they they paid ten eleven dollars now. Yes. Yeah, but they paid it back then, so I mean, it was pretty good money back sure. then. Two thousand, um, two thousand one, and uh, she could afford to pay half the rent. That wasn't a big deal. But anything else we did was, you know, kind of on me. And then she she left being a CNA and she went and worked for a uh, cemetery. Yep. And when she got hired in at the cemetery, cemetery, she got hired in at sixteen fifty an hour. So, I mean, we were making good money for about two months. Okay. And then that company went bankrupt and was bought by another company, which said, hey, hang out. We'll make it right when this is official. Oh, So she stayed for like six months until she decided, all right, this is bull because they decided, hey, everybody's commission only is for you. Oh, wow. So by this point, we're probably, I don't know, 20,000 in debt. Because again, I don't have a good handle on money. Sure. And, and this is credit card again? Credit card again. So um, credit card, and we had taken out some short term loans. Like, uh, so when like say short- city financial. Okay. And- they, they would send crap in the mail, and you know, you take out like a two year loan and pay like $500 back, and they give you like two grand. Okay. So they had tried to get me to sign over the title of my truck as collateral and i told them to get bent sure um so dawn and i basically got to the point where discover card served me papers that they were gonna you know take me to court sure so that was on a friday i believe and i was due in court on tuesday oh wow quick so i went i went with my Aunt Linda, who was not really my aunt, but a good friend of my mom's, I went with Aunt Linda down to the courthouse in Grand Rapids and yep. filed bankruptcy on Monday. 61st District Court, right? Correct. 60, 61 or 63? I don't, I don't know. know. It was one of them. Yep. Downtown. And, and I, I filed bankruptcy. It was humiliating. I hated every moment of it. Don and I did all the paperwork ourselves. We went through the entire bankruptcy ourselves. The judge was the kindest gentleman I ever met in, in that type of situation to the point that I helped one of my coworkers file bankruptcy as well. And when she had to go in front of the judge, I was with her. It was the same judge. Yeah. Don and I are in court and they're talking to somebody before us because they, they only did like one or two cases after us. Okay. And we have a big bankruptcy lawyer in town here. I, I won't mention his name because I don't want him to sue me because sure. I think he's just a total piece of crap. Does he have, does he have a commercial? He does. Yeah, which those are always pieces of crap. 
<laughs> he used to work with another guy, um, Dale Sprick. He used to work. Oh with, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not going to say who used to work with Dale Sprick, but whoever it is. Yeah. Um, we went and sat down in his office, and and we're like, we don't know what to do. And he goes, Well, you have to sell everything you own because you don't have shit. Yeah. And you have to pay me a thousand dollars to do this for you. And we're like, We're good. I don't have a thousand. So you know, we just kind of left defeated and. Don started doing some research. He goes, I think we can do this ourselves. So we did. We show up to court that day and the dude that wanted a thousand dollars from us, it wasn't there. He sent all of his, you know, assistants there to, to be in court for people, which that kind of pissed us off, but you know, we didn't pay him. So whatever. I remember there was a couple that went before us. It was their second bankruptcy. You can only file bankruptcy once every seven years. Sure. They were there like 10 years before. And I looked at Dawn, and of course, you can't really talk. You're in front of the judge. You don't want to talk. Yeah. And I kind of whispered to her, will we ever be back here? She goes, hell no, we won't. Okay. So it's it's that moment right there where, yeah. where you decided, hey, I have to change something. So you get through your bankruptcy, we, and, and you, you settle all your debts, and you do yep. all that. Um, so you leave court. What do you, I mean, what do you, what do you change? I, I don't know if any change happened immediately. I mean, at the time, I'm working at Priority. Yep. Oh, okay. So you're never- I, I, I was at Priority, but I still wasn't making any money. Sure. And at this point, Mike and I weren't talking. So, I mean, he, he didn't know any of this was going on. So, like, I'm, I got hired at a Priority for 20 hours a week at 9.25 an hour. Okay. And the lady that hired me, Trish Lake, wonderful woman. I, I still keep in contact with her. She told me specifically, because she left like two months after I got hired. She goes, I didn't hire you to be an assistant. You have better skills than that. You're, you can go places if you want to. I just got your foot in the door. That, that, knowing people like that, that's, that's a huge it, thing. It was huge. And, and I mean, she didn't know me from Adam. So the fact that she did that for me, that was great. And I, you know, I, I started at 925. I remember the first other, you know, the second boss I had technically told me about that big raise I got, which was seven and one third cents. And I about lost it. Sure. Because, you know, she wanted to make a big deal out of seven and a third cents. And I, I really didn't start making money at priority until I'd been there just over two years. Okay. At that point, I got hired in full time. I got a promotion and I, I start. I went from, 9.33 to 14 something an hour. So then, so now during this 9.43, mm-hmm. I mean, are you budgeting? Are you, I mean, are you doing anything at this point? I can't say we were really budgeting. We were living paycheck to paycheck. But you weren't taking on any we weren't. We were taking on small amounts of debt, but not, nothing grand. Like we had the trailer. So, I mean, that was debt. Yep. Um, I had to upgrade my vehicle. That was debt. Okay. But as far as credit cards, I can't say they were 100% paid off like they are now. But I was carrying balances that, you know, it wasn't good, but it could be paid. Manageable. I wasn't, I wasn't paying minimum balances. I, you know, I was paying a decent amount, but I, I, it was still balanced. Sure. So, I mean, you know, really, I don't think real change happened until my mother blew herself up. Okay. So and everybody that doesn't know this story, um, I'll tell it real quick, right? Um, David's, David's coaching softball, um, and he gets a phone call that his mom blew herself up. And you're like, what, is, what does that mean? So come to find out, his mom filled up a couple uh, gallons of gas in a, in a gas can 
left it in a car on like a 90 degree day, goes into her car, lights a cigarette up, right? And once the spark happens, whoosh. And uh, so she get she gets burned. Yeah. And, and then you realize that your mom has a potential not to be the financial person anymore. I, I, I really did. And I mean, you know, it, it worked out financially for us because, you know, the insurance company paid us to take care of her. Sure. So, I mean, you know, I, for like, six, eight weeks, we didn't live at home. Okay. I mean, we lived on the road. We would come home every night because Don and I had to go to work in Grand Rapids. Yep. And at this point I wasn't working from home. I was working, you know, out at Beltline and, and Leonard. Yep. So, I mean, we would get home every day and then we'd drive down to Plainwall. So your mom had moved back. She got rid of the $1,300 once you guys got the trailer? Yeah, she moved back to Plainwall. Okay. And, and took over responsibilities at the house and... Uh, I mean, you know, so we had to go there daily to take care of her. I mean, Dawn was basically doing burn wound care daily. Okay. Okay. And that included, you know, taking off dead skin. I mean, it was disgusting. I, I couldn't handle it. Caitlin, for a time, lived down there for a couple of weeks to help take care of my mom, but she couldn't do that stuff. You know what I mean? She could, sure. she could make... Well, being, being a CNA, I mean, right, you're wiping asses. I mean, you, you know, my, my yeah. wife, my wife started in that yep. same side. So, you know, you, you have more care for the human than you do the, the actual disgustingness of what it is. Right. So, you know, it, it, it gave us the ability to, to figure out, okay, this is, this is what's important. I need to, you know, become a little more responsible money-wise at that point, I started getting a lot of overtime at work because I was literally the only person doing my job. Sure. Okay. At that time, for for what I do, there was only me. I had some support and, you know, there was like three other people that could do a little bit of what I did, but I had to do the majority of it. And at the time, my boss, who's one of the best bosses I ever had, shout out to Joni Wagner, um, she basically told me. From January to June, you're probably going to have overtime. Work as much as you need to. Sure. And I said, okay. And I, I took advantage of that. Just I did that. And people like you and me, I mean. Uh, I, I had to put 40 in at the office. Okay. So, but if I wanted to do 40 from home, she didn't care. As long as I was producing. Yep. So, I mean, I, I worked my tail off to, to keep producing. Yep. I worked overtime from 2008 to... I believe 2015, pretty much every week. Sure. So, I mean, I was able to start paying off anything that was out there and, and throwing money into savings and stuff. So I guess, sorry, and stuff. I mean, are, are you investing at this time? Or are you just strictly savings? I was, I was trying to just build up savings at okay. this point. Um, Don and I knew we wanted to take a vacation at some point and, for Caitlin's 16th birthday, we ended up booking a trip to Hawaii because I love Hawaii. Yeah. Um, so we did that in 2012. Yep. Which is really the last vacation I took, other than, you know, trips to Chicago or whatever. Sure. Um, and, you know, since then, it, it got tight when I lost overtime. They, they forced me to go salary because, you know, I, I was working too much. I really was. I mean, you're making, you're, you're working 80 hours a week. You're making, you know. Yeah, I, I made. That's 20, a hundred hours, right? I made 20, 30 times over my, or not times, but yeah. 20, 30,000 over my salary a couple of those years because I didn't have extra help. So like 
they finally gave me another person and this one of the sweetest people in the world but she's my mother's age sure. and not great with technology so she could do a little bit but not enough to actually help me and if i asked her to help she just didn't know what to do sure so i ended up you know all right, fine. I'm 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 just gonna do it myself because if I do it myself, it's gonna be right. Yeah, I'm gonna work, you know, way more than I have to. But you know, once they shoved me to salary, it turned into all right. Well, you're paying me basically to work forty to forty five hours. I'm not gonna do much more than that. No, I mean, and right, you find that with. I mean, we talk about that in work equality, or you know, we talk about the work compensation, mm-hmm. uh, money compensation. Um, you know. And now, so you go to salary and when do you start investing money? I probably didn't start investing until my aunt passed away. Okay. So my aunt passed away in 2015. Yep. um, End of 2015. And my mom got that, you know, huge life insurance policy of hers. Yep. And at that point, I decided I wanted to go back to school. Not finishing my degree was a regret. So I want to, I want to step back real quick. Sure. So your aunt, your aunt, great lady, right? I love shooting with her. I mean, guys, I have, I have the greatest photo of all time, right? I mean, this lady is 90 pounds soaking wet. Right? I don't even I mean, think she was that. Right. Like, and she's, she, she takes, I have a, I have a, a 1911, right. And she holds this thing up and she shoots, they have a photo of her just like, if you take your hand and curl it into a C that like it's supposed to be straight up curl into a C and like that was her back like and it's just amazing um but right so I know that you guys wanted to give her like a last wish and because you know you guys, you guys knew that she was passing we like, did yeah she 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 was it was a guarantee so you bought you buy a an RV yeah I did okay now did you take debt on this RV I did okay so you take so you're you're still going into debt. You're not investing at this point. Correct. I, we bought an RV. It was about 15000 Yep. I took a loan out. Yep. Uh, they got it through Chemical Bank, which, you know, I've never been into camping. Like Mike loves camping. Our other friend Mikey loves camping. You like camping. I do. I hate camping. Sure. I, to me, camp, I camp every night at my yeah. house. I pay a lot of money for my house. Yeah. I'm not going to go live in the wilderness. Like, so... We did, she wanted to go to Tucson in the worst way. Yep. And she refused to get on an airplane. Sure. So Dawn and I decided, well, the only way to get her there is to either rent or buy a motorhome. Yep. Because we could drive that and sit in it and, you know. Stop when you wanted. Basically, get, yeah. Get up, stretch, do whatever you want. So we decided in July of... 15 that we're going yep so uh, you had to go do concessions that day i remember because i wasn't there we left on a sunday yep we made it just the other side of st louis and she she wasn't feeling good when we picked her up that it should have been a sign sure. and i think the worst part about my aunt was she just refused to take care of herself okay so she wouldn't eat and stuff and then she'd get sick and she'd puke all day and you know she had she had colon cancer so that's what ended up taking her and uh we, we get the other side of St. Louis and we decide we're stopping for the night because all of a sudden the air conditioning gone. Sure. It's July in Missouri. So we stop at a campsite. We go, you know, to talk to her and see what she wants to do. And she's just unresponsive in the back. 
So we ended up with an ambulance ride to the local hospital. So I'm in that going there and people at the campsite were great. I mean, one guy at the campsite gave Dawn his vehicle to drive to the hospital. Sure. So I, I, now, now you see why I like camping, right? It's those types of people. That those types of people are great. I mean, they're great people. Yes. I just, I don't like to camp. <laughs> so we go and, you know, Dawn ends up coming to the hospital and we're sitting there and the doctor goes, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I just need to know, is this woman going to die today? He goes, no, but she's going to die. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. We, we, we figured, we already knew that. Should I be turning around and going back home, you know, or is she going to die like right now? And he goes, she'll be okay. Yeah, I would turn around and go home. So we literally, Dawn took the car back that the guy let her borrow, yep. unhooked the motor home, came to the hospital, picked us up, and we left at midnight to drive all the way back to Michigan. Sure. We stopped. My wife is is great at not sleeping. We stopped somewhere in Illinois for like two hours because Dawn was falling asleep. Yep. And she had to catch some sleep, and I just couldn't stay awake. And at that point, she slept two hours, woke up, and she drove all the way back. Sure. No air conditioning. <laughs> it was awful. So, all right. So then, you know, we're, we're 2015, yep. 2016. You, you get this money, you invest, you start investing your mom's money, theoretically. Yeah, I, I sat down. So I've had an account with United Bank for many years. Sure. And at that point, I, I knew I wanted to finish my degree. I, I figured if I went into something in finance, I could help the girls I coach. Sure. Because I, I have a great understanding of how to save money, how to budget. What I was always missing was that investment piece. So I'm like, well, if I, you know, if I finish my degree and it's in finance, I can learn how to invest better. But at that time, I mean, we're talking a quarter of a million dollars. Yep. I didn't feel comfortable touching that money. So instead, I went to United Bank and I had them hook me up with the financial advisor there. And we invested my mother's money there. And, and honestly, it's it's done great. So we put about 250000 with United. It's LPL Financial. Shout out to them. I think right now she's sitting at about 220. Now she had a inherited IRA, which you have to take minimum disbursements from every year. So she gets a quarterly check. Up until the pandemic, which, you know, she's lost a little bit through the pandemic. But at that point, she had gone from like 250,000 to like 246. Sure. Taking that quarterly payment of, you know, 12 to 15,000 a year. So, I mean, we did great with the money. Okay. Um, and now, are you keeping tabs on this investment? I watch what we do with that right six months before the pandemic hit. I sat down with her advisor. I said, I don't like the economy right now. I don't trust it. I don't trust Trump. I'd really like to, you know, pull some of these stocks and go to bonds. Yep. And he goes, all right, well, we can do that. So, we, we went very conservative. And when the market tanked, she lost a third of what everybody else lost. Sure. And then, you know, once it started to turn in the other direction, I, I called them up. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go back to stocks because I knew she would make good ground back. Hopefully. Yeah. And, and, and basically she has. So, you know, it, it's worked out really well. 
And at that point, you know, I, you know, not the pandemic point, but in 2018, I, I told Caitlin, I said, I'm going to start investing your money. Caitlin's my daughter. Um, so I started investing her money. Okay. I started investing more of my money. I mean, I had our IRAs my whole life. Oh, okay. So, so, I mean, I had some stuff. I had a 401k through work and, you know, when we got fully taken over, it turned into a 403b. Yep. So, so if you want to know what those are, we have another podcast uh, that talks strictly about those. Yeah. So, I mean, those were out there, but I didn't pay much attention to them until probably, you know, later teens, teens being 20 teens. Yeah. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I guess I'm full circle. I'm fully on board with this is what I need to do. So I'm always throwing extra money at my IRAs or investment tools. Mike came up to work the business you know, for anybody that's listening live that has not listened to us before, my wife owns a rage room here in, in Byron Center, Michigan, which is just outside of Grand Rapids. And Mike many times comes up and works for free. And we sat there talking about our Webull account. Yep. And he's like, yeah, I was looking into the stock and I bought some of it and it shot up on me. So I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. I had no available cash in my Webull. So I had to, you know, wait to put in cash, but I went and bought some of that stock because, you know, Mike liked it and I started looking into it and I'm like, yeah, this, this stock has a chance to, you know, double. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like $13 a share. Sure. So I threw a little bit of money into it because I'm like, Hey, why not? And I mean, we know because, you know, anybody that's listened to Bucks and Brews knows we love investing. We'll, we'll take a shot. Oh Yeah. You know, we, we like to do those things. We like to talk about, you know, what each other's doing, what we're putting our money into. You know, Mike started investing more heavily for anybody that um, has followed us recently. You know that he started doing DoorDash. DoorDash, yeah. Strictly strictly for investments. I right. Mean, which still to me just blows, like, I don't know. I mean, whether he did it on his own, whether he listened to Bucks and Brute, like we know that he joins us quite a bit. Like to us, dude, like that's a huge victory for us. So, like it's everything that we started this thing for. Right? Well, and honestly, I mean, you know, for anybody that, that watches this later when we upload it to YouTube, you know, Mike's got the shirt on. I got the shirt on. I don't, Nick does not. Um, yeah. You know, we, we love doing Bucks and Brews. Mike is like a, a co-host because he joins us more than anybody. I mean, Summer sure. joins us a decent amount, but Mike's here quite a bit, and most of the time he's listening. Mike, give a shout out because you're listening. No, don't just wave. Say <laughs> something, waves. dummy. I love it. I yeah, think I my favorite it. part is the when, when David and Nick argue about things. We, we we paid money for him to say, I love it. Yeah, like, we, guys, we really did. Yeah, we have enough money to pay sponsorships, and that's what we got out of that. Like, um, if, hey, next time you said he's really good at reading something, I'm going to give you a script so you could read it, okay? Because I love it. Well, that was. I, I will say for anybody that's joining us right now live, yeah. in, in two weeks, basically, uh, two, two Saturdays from now, we'll be doing a live baseball episode with a special sponsor of Aylbert, who's giving us some peanut butter porter. Very exciting. I'm very excited about that. Mike will be here in studio. Yep. Um, and, and then a full day at break room therapy because, of course, I can't get away from work. But go ahead, Nick, no, you had another question. No, so you're right. So we're, we're moving forward. You, you're investing your mom's money. You're seeing what mm -hmm. that kind of does. You start, you start putting things towards where you want to go. Yep. And then, and then you just you start going crazy with, hey, I need to. You, you start finding something clicks in your head. 
that says I need to diversify my portfolio. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, I'm I'm all over the place. I have money in Fundrise. I have money in Prosper. I have money in Public. I have money in um, Stash. I have money in Acorns. I have money in Betterment. I, sure. I'm all over the place <clears throat> because you know, at the end of the day, I want limited exposure. I guess would be a good way to put that. I, I don't want to, you know, overly invest in something I could lose a ton of money in. Yeah, I say one company could fail, right? Right. That, that's exactly it. I mean, we ran into that. We did the meme stock episode. Yep. And Robinhood took just a freaking beating over their, you know, restricting of trades for GameStop and yeah. AMC. And I, the first thing you said is, that's all my stock that I have with Robinhood. And, of course, because that happened... Every other trading platform that basically allows you to trade for free just goes said if you want to transfer your account here, if you have a minimum of this amount of money, you can transfer it for free. We'll pay the 75 bucks. Damn right. So I, I said to Caitlin, I could have transferred mine anywhere because I had about twenty five hundred dollars in Robinhood. Sure. She only had about a thousand. And like with Weeble, if you did it, it you had to be over two grand. Sure. Public, you had to be over like a hundred bucks. So I told Caitlin, I'm like, hey, we can get a free stocks if we do public. Let's just do that. And we'll both transfer over there. So that's what we did. So, you know, we, we took our investment from Robinhood over to public and, you know, it's making money there. And we got some free stock while we were doing it because yeah. who doesn't love free stock? Yes, yeah, so you get 75 plus free stock. Yeah. Which is huge. So, I mean, that's that's really the journey. Okay. I know. I mean, it's it's a great journey. Like now... Right. I mean, in the past, so how many years do you think you've, you've been really like devoting yourself to, to focusing on you, like focusing on your, on your investments? Um, I would say prop my investments probably only the last five years. Which is right. Like, I mean, and, and we're learning along the way, right. It's not like yeah. we have this thing down and we started a podcast because it's like, Hey, we're starting to get into this journey. And now if people want to listen, like this is yeah. where we, we might be five, five years ahead. We might be a day ahead. Like we, we might be behind and we hope that people give us feedback. Like it's huge for us. Yeah. We always want feedback because we don't know everything. We right. just don't. So, I mean, that really kind of wraps up my journey as, as to where I got, you know, I'm, I'm almost done with my degree. I'll finish that up this year. Are you college debt with that or no? No college debt. Okay. So, Tuition reimbursement, I get three thousand a year. Yep. I pay the rest out of pocket, no debt. Daughter has no college debt. The only debt I have is the vehicles, yep. which I only have two. Mine pays off at the end of the year, and then Dawn's pays off a year from March. Sure. So a year from now, uh, or two years from now, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and the house, sure. Which I just, you know, for anybody that's listened to us before, I just refinanced the house. And it'll pay off in probably about 12, 12 and a half years, depending on how quick I pay up. Because you refinance into a 15. I, I refinance into a 15 and I'm throwing extra payments at it. Sure. All the is, time. Yep, which is great. Yep. So that, I mean, that's really, that's my journey. And uh, I, I, that probably took up way more time than it needed to, but we're going to, we're going to switch over to Nick's journey now and I get to ask questions. So, you know, I say, as we said, this is, this is about me all of a sudden. So that's my favorite part. So I know with you, Nick. Yeah. Um, you grew up very poor. I mean, working right, class family. Yeah. I mean, you, you, so, so some half of my side worked. 
Right. <laughs> so I, you didn't get to do all the vacation stuff that I did. Correct. Which is probably why, you know, in, in my later life, like my wife wants to take so many vacations and I want to start vacationing too. Yep. But it's not as pressing of a need for me because I took so many when I was a kid. Sure. Whereas you didn't get to do that. So now you want to go on vacation all the time. I know. Yeah, of course. You just came back from a vacation because you went away for a weekend. And yeah. I saw the pictures. You had a blast up there running around on a four wheeler and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so he, he's never, you know, he actually did say he's going to listen to one of these. So um, if you're growing up as a person, I'll give you guys anything. Um, Chris Johnson, mm-hmm. Johnson Mechanical, uh, my heating and cooling number one guy. If, if anybody has anything that they're looking for, for right, HVAC stuff, this is the number one guy. Like, honestly, let's say overnight becomes one of my very close friends. And we, we don't talk as much as I, I would love. Like, none of my yeah. real friends, we talk. Like, yeah. we did this so we could talk more. Yeah, but literally, we would talk every two or three months. Maybe, right? Like, if yeah. we were lucky. Like, and, and halftime, it was like, you'd invite me to an event and I'd be like, Oh, that's kind of important. Hey, I'm going to get there. Right. Like right. I, I'd invite you to something like my daughter's birthday. Right. Right. David is one of my, one of my good friends. Like we, we kept each other, but like, we're so focused on our life. Like, yeah. We're so focused on that next thing. You don't take time to sit there and say, Hey, I'm just going to go drink with my buddy today. Cause I have other stuff to do. Right. Like you know, <laughs> say now, it. now we make time to drink every week with each other. Yeah. Cause literally this is what we are doing. Yeah. I say, and our wives can't say anything about it. Right. They, they support it. True story. Um, so, no, you know, I, I, I did, um, my, I don't remember before really age five. Um, my, my parents, I think it was five. Um, my parents divorced, right? Yeah. Uh, all I remember is fighting and stuff like that. So, um, you know, my, I, I grew up in a, eh, you know, neighborhood. So my dad goes and lives with uh, an, another family member of my mom's side. Yep. Um, and so we have two families living in a house in the ghetto, right, of Grand Rapids. Um, my, and my dad's an auto body person, like, you know, so never really made the big time. Um, went and started a business later in life, uh, trying to do auto body by himself that folded. Um, you know, I, I wish I knew my business side now so I could have helped and stuff like that, but it is what it is. Right. Right. Um, my, my mother, right. Followed my grandfather's steps, right. 18 years old. She walks out and goes into a factory, works a steel case. Yep. You know, so steel ca- and she's always been the low man on the total pole. Like, Literally, my mom worked on the line, has always worked on the line. Like, she's a line worker. She's never, you know, never gone to management, never gone to the next step. Like, she just, she shows up every fucking day, does her job, and that's fine. Well, for those of you that don't know Grand Rapids, so Steelcase, it's Steelcase. Um, Herman Miller. <laughs> Herman Miller, it used to be GM, was here. Yep. Those were the big places. If you got into one of those places, you were set. You made it. Yep. Um. No, you know, and so, you know, we weren't, my mom lived paycheck to paycheck, right? Yeah. Um, you know, learning more throughout time, it's been a difference. So she was paycheck to paycheck. We never really had those luxuries. So my yeah. gra- my grandfather, right, worked at Steelcase. My grandmother, she worked, uh, I remember like a little bit of my stretch. She worked at Michigan Bulb, which is like yeah. uh, a place that made flowers, right? So she yeah. was very happy about that. Or like, you know, they packaged flower bulbs. Yeah. Um, and so my grandfather retired. They, they were sitting very well. Um, 
I was raised by my grandparents, right? Because my mom, I mean, she, at the time she's working, what, you know, what, early first shift or second shift type thing. So I'd get up at 3 a.m. to get brought to, uh, to get brought to my grandparents so I can go to school because they had to bring me to school or stuff like that. Right. Um, you know, when you talk about camping, uh, you know, my grandparents loved to camp. So my vacations were, hey, your grandparents have a seasonal place. You're going to go spend the summer with them. You're going to go camping. You're going to do that. Um, so camping was a big thing for you. Yeah. Right. That was your vacation. Well, yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, older I got. So like sixth grade, sixth grade, I had uh, the trip with school. Yeah. But I had to like fundraise my ass off for right. to go to Cedar Point. Right. Um, well, and I, I know with you how big of an influence your grandma and grandpa were. Oh, like, I mean, just huge. Extreme. Right. Like um and, and for anybody that hasn't listened to us before so nick and i didn't realize we knew each other for many yeah. years like that came later in life because yeah. i coached for many years and nick was an umpire and i'd see him around and stuff but i didn't realize his grandfather umpired a majority of the games that i coached in my yeah. life you know especially in little league oh yeah he was always there well you know and so right so my my young life I didn't really, I didn't have those types of things. Um, You know, yeah, we probably went to Michigan's Adventure, right? Yeah, Um, well, yeah. And my mom, my mom's version of vacation for us kids, right? And I I will always remember it. But so we live uh, in a very, we live in Wyoming and our vacation was a hotel that was new built in Wyoming. Right. Right. Like, because they had a pool. And so, of course, like it was a pool equals vacation exactly right so oh hey yeah you guys we're gonna order pizza tonight while on vacation and and get go to the pool right and it was okay cool um not not to interrupt yeah but before i turned six and we took that real first vacation yep i remember my vacation every summer was we go to coast guard festival Mm -hmm. we would stay at a best western up in grand haven they had a pool yeah and we would do the pool. We would do Coast Guard Festival. That was a vacation every year for me up until, you know, my mom graduated nursing school and, you know, started making real money. Sure. And, you know, so, like, you don't remember, I guess, living kind of the way I did, let's say. Right. Um, and, you know, like, for me to get gifts, so, like, I grew up Catholic, uh, which, you know, I, I, I went. Me and, too. <laughs> say, Mike too. You know, I. I, I go and do my confession of faith and then we go out to dinner. Yeah, my, my, my grandparents pay for this, but like, that's where we got our Sega Genesis, right? Because yeah. like everybody pulled their money and got us like yeah. one gift, you know? So um, my brother and I get a Sega at this point, um, you know, a, a Sega for those of you that don't know was a precursor <laughs> to a PlayStation. Yeah. And mind you me, I had an Atari 2600. Yeah, so you had. I, I also had a Sega. I also had a Nintendo, but I started with the Atari. You started with a Sega. Yeah, I remember that being my first. Like I yep. played, I played a Nintendo from people that had it. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't. My my mom. My mom. She never taught me financials. Let's say. Yep. Yep. But my mom was never a person to take on debt. Okay. Okay. So like, we'd say, "Hey, can we do this?" Oh, uh, I. You know. I don't have money, right? I don't have money. And like, then you know, why can't you just put it on a card or something? Well, no, if you don't have, you know, if you don't have cash, I'm not paying for it. Like, right. We don't have money. We don't have money. We don't have money. And now my daughter's here. Like, so I'm going to skip forward to huge. Uh, my daughter's here, right? And it's like, my daughter would be like, hey, grandma, I want this. And she'd be like, 
like yeah, shouldn't have a card. She just throwing it out there. My mom just got a card, like I don't know, pre-COVID, like she has a debit card or whatever. Yeah. She strictly only uses. She's never had a credit card, right? Ever in her life, which is, and I didn't realize this, but um, you know, my my father, right? I mean, he went into debt. Like we never really talked about his debt. Like yeah. I know, I know little bits about that type of thing. Um, you know, I always well, have, I know you're much closer to your mom. Yeah, right. I mean, and that's it's just it. I live. I lived with my mom and my dad. Like I swapped, and I, I wasn't the yeah. greatest kid. Like I, you were kind of a pain. Apparently, I had anger issues yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Whatever. Like, we can see that. So, not only were you closer with your mom, but you were always closer with your mom's side of the family. Oh yeah. Well, say my grand. Well, I didn't have grandparents on the other side. My, my right. Yeah. Say my. But all of your family that I know is is from your mom's side. I've never met your dad. You might have had my graduation party or something. Well, I, said, I, didn't know I, did, I did not know you at your graduation yeah, party. That. Yeah, my wedding. You probably did. I did not come to your wedding. Well, see, this is... <laughs> I don't even know. You've probably never met my dad. I don't think I've ever met your dad. Yeah, that's crazy. I know your mom. Yep. I, I know your Uncle Tony very well. Yeah. <laughs> see. Tony and I have a good time. Yeah, I don't think Mike's yeah. met Tony yet, but Tony's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. You know, so... My, you know, my grandparents, my grandparents were doing very well. And then, you know, I, I remember I was 12 years old Mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, we're going to Las Vegas and you're going to come with us. And I was like, what? So I hop in the car, right. And I take a four day (laughs) cruise to get to Las Vegas. Yeah. Me on kid back when Circus Circus was actually big. And like you've seen shows. So we played games and we did, they go gamble. Yeah. You know, we they give us 10 bucks back then. And that would last an entire day. I, I went a snake that wraps this freaking room. Right. Um, you know, like, what are you gonna do with that? And I was like, bringing it home. Like I slept on that son of a bitch all the way home. Um, you know, so it was, a, a it was a minivan, right? So right. It was our RV. Right. But, um, you know, we'd stop and get food. And so like, that's why I, like, I love to drive. I drove to South Dakota, right? Like I love to drive too. <laughs> my wife on the other hand, right. She's like, I just want to fucking be there. Right. And I'm like, Look at look at the trees. Look at the rocks. Like look at the where that where they like dug. You can see where yeah. they dug it out and put the freaking explosions. You know and not to interrupt. Yeah, but we drove we drove to Chicago for my birthday. I don't know, like three years ago. Who doesn't drive to Chicago? I, I drive there a lot. <laughs> and we ended up having to divert off of I ninety four, and we drove through Gary. Oh, I'm sorry. I took so many pictures of Gary. Yeah. Because literally, it looked like a third world country. Yeah. Buildings that looked like they'd been bombed, no windows, blown out. I, I remember this one bar had this blow up doll in front of it. It said $5. I wasn't sure if that was for the doll or to get in the, <laughs> get in the bar. But yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. So go ahead, Nick. No, you're fine. So, like, you know, I, again, spending most of my time with my grandparents, I, I picked blueberries. I picked, mm-hmm. we picked strawberries. I mean, yeah. we were going to buy it at the fucking store. You can get your ass out there and pick it. Right. Um, you know, so then like one of my first jobs is going to pick, right? So I'm yep. working alongside Hispanic people who are out picking me. And I, you know, I'm just like, geez, I remember the first time ever out picking my grandma. Yeah. Right. Like she like had like a look of disappointment slash like a look of pride. Right. Like, I don't know what that look was, but I, you know, I'm sitting here like, because the rule was you couldn't eat blueberries right. until you filled your bowl. Right. Right. Like once you filled your bucket that was around your waist. So you had to fill it as quick as possible. So you eat oh, heck yeah, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, right, so I filled this thing. And, and I remember her going, you know, because you know, I, I just always got beat. Like she would be three buckets to my one, right? Um, no, and, you know, so then. Well, you basically grew up in Granville. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I know with Mike is probably, even though he's wandering away right now, he, he, he probably can agree with this. So the first jobs that I remember us being offered in Plainwell, yep. corn detasseling. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get corn detasseling? No. It's yeah, good. you could make X number of dollars corn detasseling. If Eric's on, I bet he, uh, he probably corn detasseled. Um, that was literally, they would send that out to the middle school and say, hey, you want to work this summer? Come and detassel corn. There you go. And you had those opportunities. Now, you didn't take them. In, in middle school, I was too lazy to do a damn thing. I wanted to, you know, sure. go hop in the pool or, or play a video game. I wasn't going sure. to corn detassel. You know. I you would have jumped on that six so I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth with my parents when I'm younger uh sixth grade you know my my dad and I get into a pretty big fight I yep. end up moving back with my my mom slash my grandparents like yeah um I start in Granville school sixth grade meet some friends and and I get really big into bowling so um you know I I then turn like 14 and I get a job at a bowling alley right like Bob's dead, so it's not going to get him in trouble. Yeah, nothing. So I, I I go work at a bowling. I'm a pin setter, right? You'd yep. be 18 to work on a freaking machine. I'm I'm 14 years old, making I don't know 16 bucks an hour. Because he's like, I paid my head mechanic like 32. I'll give you half, and you'll be happy. And I was like, shit, yeah. He goes, all you can bowl. So I dude, I made so much money an hour. Like when you think about it, the amount of games that I bowled, the amount of everything. So um, then I turned 16. One. <clears throat> Back then, bowling a game is what, like a buck fifty a game? Not nah, two bucks. I mean, two bucks, two fifty. I don't know. Okay, like, yeah, you so. probably had your own shoes, but still, two right. bucks a game. Yeah. And knowing you, you probably bowled. I don't know, eight, ten games. It, I probably bowled twenty a day. Okay, so like, you bowled 20, 20 games a day yeah. at two bucks. Yeah. You got and, your money's worth. You know, and I, I was that young kid who like I'd throw a ball and I'd see something happen, I'd run to the back, and he didn't care because I was right on it, right? Right. I mean, yeah, okay. When leagues were there, I, I couldn't, you know, I had to stay in the back, and that was Correct. fine. But, um, you know, so I, I'm working that job, of course, right. I want a camera, a video camera, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first, I had to learn how to save. You wanted a video camera. Why? So I could, so I could edit, so I could watch how I threw the ball, where, where the reaction was happening, how I could learn to teach myself. So, something. so, and here's the thing that, that I think my generation really missed. Okay. Sure. We, we didn't really have video cameras. If you did, they were very expensive. Yeah. I mean, they were old VHS tapes and, you know, big mm-hmm. on the shoulder type deal. You know, by the time you were coming, I mean, you were born in 88. Yeah. So by the time, you know, you were hitting that age, you know, you're 13, 14 years old, it's the turn of the millennium. Yeah. And, you know, camcorders are small now. Yeah. I so said mine was only Yay big. I, I still have it. Right. And you're sitting there going, okay, well, if I videotape myself, mm-hmm. I can learn how to get better. Yeah. And that was one of those things that, you know, when I grew up, the only way to get better was to play. Well, and you know, the reason I learned it, the reason I learned that videotaping was because I was watching bowling on TV. Right. And so I figured if I'm watching bowling, there's a reason I can watch myself. Right. Yeah. So then it just became, I wanted that. So, um, I mean, I, I work my butt off, save up, you know, 500 bucks, get the camera, get the bag, get everything. And then my money's gone. Right. And I yep. was like, huh. All right. This is, this is kind of different. Right. Like I just worked all this. Yeah. Okay. The camera, I didn't use it as much as I wanted to. I, mean, yep. I made funny videos and stuff like that with my friends, but 
I don't know. It wasn't. I didn't see the value. You didn't get that that gratification, right? You know, I mean, now shoot, you can slow everything down and do all that. But so you know, I'm working. I get he sells the he sells the alias when I'm 16. New owner comes in and says, "You got to be 18 to work in the back." So Where yeah, was this? Park Center Lanes. Oh yeah, Park Center. <clears throat> so and he goes, "You got to be 18." So see ya, right? We have no use for you. Okay. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I kept kept a relationship. I think I pulled there a little bit. Um, so, you know, I, I turn 18, 19 years old. Um, well, I guess 18, right. So I graduate yep. high school. Yep. I have no clue what I want to do in my life at this time. I mean, I I'm saving up a little bit of money in my savings account, but like nothing to write home about. So anybody that's listened to us before knows yeah. that when you were in high school, you had that one teacher. We all had that one teacher. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, for me, it was Thomas Lockwood. Yeah. I mean, everybody hated him, but I loved him. I, he taught me accounting, business law, business math. I mean, you know, really life lessons. And with you. So here's, you know, here's the funny story is, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily care about school. So I was so big into bowling. I knew where I was going to be in life, right? All I was going to do was drill bowling balls, right? So I, I didn't need to have you know, school knowledge. I just, I was going to drill bowling balls my whole life. Right. So I, or I'm going to go work, you know, I'm, I'm going to work in the work around wood and do wood stuff. Yeah. Um, so we have a thing called Kent career technical center. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, right when you start school, it's what August, September. Yep. So I'm with my buddy and I'm out BMXing and, uh, I jump a hill, end up breaking my collarbone. Right. And we're only a couple of weeks in the school. I go to KCTC. Yep. And they kick me out of KCTC because I can't lift any wood. I can't do anything. So I go back into school. I mean, this is my junior, sophomore, sophomore year, junior year, whatever it is. Junior. Yep. Junior year. I can't, you know, and all of a sudden they go, Hey, all we have available is this business class, this other class and parenting class. And I'm like, that like, why, what? No, I don't want to take any of these. Like, this is horrible. Like I'm thinking this is dumb. So They go, hey, you know, I, I meet the one teacher for the business class and he goes, look, kid, just give it a shot. If you don't like it, we'll figure something out. Parenting class, uh, the lady was whatever. And she goes, you're a guy, just, you know, you're just here to see the girls. Great, you know, yeah. And I was like, whatever. Come to find out, I, I get the number one score for baby changing okay. um, and taking care of, you have to take home the plastic baby or whatever, right? And, I mean, I, I, I'm a light sleeper, so I hear, and I'm like, I'm right on this. You gotta put your wrist on it. Boom, change, 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 and I'm done. Bring it back. She, oh yeah, win, win that whole thing. So parenting class. But anyway, during business class, John Schwamm, I'll give him a huge shout out, right? So I'm sitting in this class, and for the first little bit. Not, not to interrupt you. Yeah. But this is one of those people that impact you, impacted you so much. Yeah. It literally changed your life. I, I would, yeah, like I would say, yeah. right? Like, so... I'm, I'm in this class and this guy's like, you know, at first it wasn't impacted, right? Like you didn't it's know. It's just a freaking joke to me. Right. Because I walk in and this guy's like, all right, we're going to watch 2020 John Stossel and uh, just write three notes about this paper. Right. I'm thinking, where's this test going to be? Stuff like that. You know, go a week. Hey, we're going to, we're going to write a, a sales pitch. And I'm like, okay. Because, you know, and then you're going to present it to another person and stuff. And, but during this time, right, he's, he's talking, <laughs> excuse me, he's talking and he goes, you know, hey, if you want to, if you want to make it in life, right, 
learn sales. Um, you know, you'll, you'll always have a job. Yep. All right. Sounds good. And then uh, he goes, I used to own a jewelry shop. You know, he goes, look, you know how much people buy diamonds for? He goes, you get a, you get a one carat diamond. It's going to cost you, I don't know, $10 and something cents. He goes, now, if I were to sell you a diamond for $10, what would you think? Huge. That's huge. He goes, $10. He goes, that thing's plastic. It's things broke. He goes, so that's why diamonds cost so damn much. He goes, jewelers can buy them for pennies on the dollar, but you're over here going, oh, it's cheap. It's fake. It's broke. He goes, you know, he talks about grades, grades of stuff. And he goes, when I look at it, he goes, that's a, a blemish or whatever. When I look at, when I look at another person's diamond, that's a freaking crack. That thing is, and he goes, you know, so you start learning these things. Yeah. And he goes, you know, and, and one day he goes, all right, we're going to learn how to buy houses and stuff. He goes, so we're going to go into this thing called Zillow. And we're going to go into this thing called GRAR, G-R-A-R. Yep. And uh, that's where houses are listed. He goes, you know, whoever finds me the best deal, you'll get, you'll get a guaranteed A. And he goes, and I'm going to buy the thing. <laughs> Shut up. You know, nobody took him serious type thing. You come did. To, come to find out this guy's a freaking real estate investor. And he goes, yeah, no, find me a find me a rental property. So he's got students in every class finding him rental properties, right? Um, and so this find, might be the smartest teacher ever, dude. And people think that he's crazy just because he sits there and doesn't teach because he just shows John Stossel. But it's like, dude, when you listen to the guy teach, when you listen to his advice, like, holy crap, this man will teach you to yeah. be rich. Like, yeah, he's the guy who fights. Yeah, the school doesn't teach you shit. Yeah, he goes, you know. We're, we're going to talk about budgeting because that's what you didn't know. He goes, look, I don't know when you're ever going to learn what a freaking trapezoid does, but if you know what it does, good for you. But if you want to know what money is, here you go. Right. And so, well, and I remember like the Pythagorean theorem Yeah, was a huge deal. Yeah. I have no clue what it is. I couldn't I, decide it right now. I was great at that when I was in high school, but I couldn't tell you what the hell it is anymore. And I've never used it. A squared plus B squared is C squared or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Yes. Is it really? My yes. God. Yes, I nailed it. He remembers. Mike, how many times have you used that? I've never used it in my life. There other you than in when I was taking math tests. Correct. Yeah, like right, And so, that's what happens. You know, and, and so I, I'm not the greatest reader. Um I, I can read fine. I my no my, my reading no. comprehension, not great. So like so Nick Nick is underplaying this right now. If you've yeah. ever gotten a text message from no, Nick, that, that's writing. Okay. Fine, you can read okay, but if you've ever gotten a text message from Nick, you have to decipher that because yeah. the writing is bad. Yeah, it just, like there's no there's no punctuation, there's no whatever. Nick writes like teenagers do now. Yes, same. Or honestly, millennials. I mean, you're a millennial. Yeah, I am. So I mean, you know, millennials. Right, and, and so Mike and I are sitting here I, making sure punctuation's correct yeah. and it's got the right capitalization because it irritates the hell out of us, and you're sitting here going. I don't care if there's one capital letter in this. I don't yeah. care if there's a period. Well, and that was the thing, right? So, like, we go back to Schwamm, and it was, you know, I, I would just be able to submit my my three facts, and he would never once underline anything. Just I had three facts, right? Yep. He he never read those things, and if he did, whatever. Like, um, but he never he never judged yep. on that aspect. He's like, here, this is what success looks like. This is what success is. And so it's like, man, that is that is big, right? So. I learned how to find real estate things. And the guy literally goes and buys my freaking deal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, this is you huge. wish you would have bought it. Oh, dude, 10 times. Um, but, you know, I, 
you know, and he's like, hey, no, nothing, you know, he goes, the stock market will go up 10% over 10 years, right? So 1% a year, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Um, he goes, you know, it's going to happen. He goes, nothing's going to hold value like real estate. He goes, it'll always, you know, people always need housing and stuff. And kind of just sat in the back of my mind. I never yep. really did anything with it. So, you know, uh, here I am, 16, graduating at 18. No clue what I'm going to do with my life, right? So, again, my mom works at Steelcase. So, you know, I was like, hey, how do I get in there or whatever? At the time, you know, 2009 or 2007, 2008, like, economy's starting to kind of do whatever. So, you have to go through a temp service. So, I go to temp service and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I was like, all right, this is this is what life is, right? Yeah. Um, meet my... My, my wife and I went to school together, actually, but we didn't date until after, at, you know, in college and stuff like that. Yep. Because um, I, I never dated anybody I went to school with because, like, I'm not a drama person because I've seen so many crap relationships and rumors and just everything. It just it ruined it. So I dated plenty of people in other schools, stuff like that. But, um, you know, so I, I meet her. We start dating for a while. And then and then kind of like life just hits. Right. So I, I'm doing all these temp jobs, making okay money, saving my money. And cause I'm living at home, my mom, just like you. Right. But yeah, you know, I, yeah. Okay. I'll spend money on dates, but um, I I'm thinking to myself, Hmm. All right. What's the next step, right? Like where, where, where does this go? So, you know, I was a youth counselor for a while. Yeah. Right. So during these temp jobs, it was great because temp jobs were kind of, you know, there was always out there. Oh, of course. I mean, you know, you were, you were temp, but you never really got hired. Yeah. So I guess back when I was younger, I learned that employees were just dumb. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you were disposable. That's it, just what you, it is. You really were. You know, and so I, I go and tell them, Hey, I need, I need this week off so I can go do youth counseling. Oh no, you don't have vacation until after a year. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I didn't ask you. I, I told you, right. I'll go back to the, um, I'll go back to the company. And if I have a, yep. if I have a job when I get back in a week, awesome. If I don't like, That's I'm okay, okay with that yep. too, right? Like there's, there's another job. I did that for, I pretty much, I was a bum like you. Yeah. Uh, except for I was saving money. Kind yeah. Of I was time. not doing that. Um, you know, I, I pay my way through college for CC uh, get my bowling scholarship for Davenport University mm -hmm. because again, all I'm going to do is bowl and punch bowling balls up. Well, uh, you know my I, my wife, yeah, that wasn't going to work for her, right? I couldn't live seven days a week in a bowling alley. I actually had to show her some type of affection. Right? Yep. <laughs> you say, so you know, that, I start, I start. That will happen. Yeah, I so say I start dying out in bowling. Uh, get married at. 21 three days before 22 gosh is that what it is something like that so i'm you know i've been married 10 years now almost 11 yep um and you know so between i guess 18 to 20 i'm, I'm just a little bit saving up money and i i learned what a normal american is right so what do you do you go you go get a job you go get a house you start a family and so you know i've been my wife a year and a half or so right not even maybe a year we get engaged because I'm young and dumb. That's what you do. Like, I, I knew I found my life partner. Um, get engaged. We talk about, hey, we got to buy a house. So I start looking on grow. <laughs> I start looking at whatever, right? Um, you know, go 
foreclosures are huge in like 2010. Oh, I yeah. mean, you could just, you could pick things up. So find a, find a house, get pre-approved. I have $3,000 in the bank or whatever, right? I mean, nothing crazy, 5,000, yep. not even, I, I think I, whatever. Just enough for a down payment yep. plus. And uh, that, live in that house for six months because it's a, a short sale is what they're going to try to do. I pay, they want 60,000 bucks for this. This is what the list price was, 60,000. So I offer 50, 56, five. Yeah, you'll, it'll, it'll go. Guy, the realtor tells me, go, go stay in it. And so, all right, we actually end up hating the house. Um, you know, I, I'm where was this house? In Hudsonville. Okay. So right off Port Sheldon. Okay. I'm working a job making 12 bucks an hour. Okay. And, uh, 40 hours a week. Yeah, yep. I, I can pick up some overtime here and there, but um, you know, all of a sudden the realtor calls and he goes, Hey, the bank came back, they want 80,000 bucks. I said, You listed this thing, and they might have listed it at 70. I don't remember. Yeah, they might have okay. listed it at 70. I put it in for lower. It guarantees us we're getting this thing. Bank comes back, they want 80. I was like, You listed it lower than what? Like, this is how is this even possible? I freak out. Yeah, you're like, Bullshit. I'm getting ready to get married. Yep. Um, so I get married in July. I'm finding a house during this time. Uh, you know, we're still staying in this house because it's a foreclosure. Who gives a right? <laughs> uh, tell the realtor, find me a house. These are the ones I found. These are the things I need you to find me, whatever mm-hmm. we go, you know, economy starts kind of changing. People are starting to buy things. Uh, still 2010. I, I give them a list of 15, seven of them had sold. We end up at one pretty late at night. It's this beat up five bedroom, two bathroom house in Granville that has subfloor. It has like just nothing to it. Uh, you know, it's, it's functional, but it's just old and right. Right. Like I don't even have concrete for my shed or for my, yep. for my big barn or garage. You, correct. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I talked to this lender guy cause he's the only guy, which we had him on here, Rob De La Tour the only guy that does this type of financing. Right. And he goes, all right, you guys can, uh, you guys can take money out to get your repairs done. And we're like, and I don't know me being the financial person that I had kind of just always been save and spend what you can. I, like, I knew what my money wanted to be. So I was like, Nope, we'll just, uh, we'll do the repairs as we can. And he goes, yeah, you can do that too. He goes, the loan just will say no repairs. Right. Um, not, not to interrupt, but you yeah. know if Rob got his package. I don't. I'm going to send him a message right now. Yeah, I say we uh, we send our guests usually some type of a gift. Uh, Rob was one of our... Uh, big-time guests. Big-time guests because, you know, he's impacted both of our lives in a financial way. He really has. Uh, so we send him a, a little care package, Bucks and Brews t-shirt, Bucks and Brews uh, keychain and magnet. Um, so... Right. I, I go pay 60,000 bucks. Cause that's my budget. Right. Like a week after I close, yep. I'm with my wife, uh, going to a winery okay. and I get a call from my boss that says, Hey, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to a winery with my wife. And he goes, I wouldn't spend money if I were you right now. And I said, excuse me. He goes, yeah, I'm going to have to have you come in on, on Sun or sorry, on Monday. Don't go in Sunday night. Have you come in on Monday? Don't punch in. Blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. That sounds awful. Yeah, I said, Josh, I said, Josh, uh, everything all right? He goes, I, I can't tell you anything. I go, am I getting fired? He goes, 
I don't know, but all I'm saying is we got we got a meeting with these people. So I go, I go into this meeting. Yeah. Pretty much like, you know, they, they tell me I'm fired. They try to give me their yeah. bullshit excuses. I tell them, you know, right where to shove it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, unemployment is a thing. And I always like, again, I took a $60,000 because yeah. I knew I could make it off. That's the same amount of unemployment as I was making in my job. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I bum it up for a couple weeks, find another job, making 10 bucks an hour as a temp, go to get hired in, end up finding my job at Gentex. Yeah. Uh, gosh, not, not too long after. Right. So get my job at Gentex, um, get hired in after six months, realize, realize kind of during that time I had somebody post on Facebook, you know, Hey, I'm looking for a house for 900 bucks a month. I'm looking for at least four bedrooms. And I'm looking at my mortgage payment saying, this thing's six fifty. Like that's 250 bucks. Yeah. You know, wonder, yeah, yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if I could do this again, you know? So I call Rob, I have a job at this time. And uh, I say, Hey, you did this loan. You interested in doing another loan? He goes, yeah, of course. Like, I, you know, and Rob owns some real estate and he goes, what yes. do you think? And I was like, well, I have this lady. We're going to pay this amount of money. And I found a duplex and the guy pays 600 and 600 is basically my payment on, on 60,000. Like, yeah, this guy will pay this. And this person, he goes, yeah, that sounds like investing. Like, sounds really smart, kid. And uh, I convinced my wife to leave five bedrooms, two bathrooms to go to a two bedroom, duplex. one bathroom duplex. Yeah. Okay. Like you got to have cojones when yeah, you're thinking about this, right? You really goes, do. You know, but this time, like the job I was at, you can work on limited overtime just like yeah. you were. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I, the post still comes up on Facebook memories. Like my wife and I put in like 180 hours in a week one day. I think like 183, right? Between the two of us. Yeah. That's stupid hours, right? It like, is. We were like oh, when do you sleep? Uh, the time we're not fucking working. Right? Right. <laughs> like we, you know, you come home, you sleep, you go to work. Yeah. Like, you know, again, I'm, I'm just into my marriage. I didn't have a kid for five more years. So yep. we weren't doing anything else. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, you know, so it was, it's really what it was, but, you know, going back to the wanting vacations, right? right? So then, you know, I got, I go a whole year, I go a whole year with, with rental income. So I don't even have a mortgage payment. So I have an extra 600 bucks, let's say. And my wife and I go on vacation. We go here, we go there. Like we blow all of this freaking money that I could have been investing, doing right. something else with saving, doing anything. But like, dude, I just hit the jackpot. I got yeah. people to pay my shit. Like, this you just want to have fun. Yeah, this is this is I I figured I made the greatest decision of my life. Yep. Um, you know, we go do taxes that year, and I think that's what the biggest thing was. <clears throat> go do taxes. She tells me I make, you know, I don't know, X amount more than I made in my my job or whatever. And I was like, where the hell is this money? You tell me I made I don't even know the math, right? Nine thousand plus six thousand. So I made fifteen thousand more dollars. I don't see yeah. fifteen thousand bucks. Like, correct. My bank account shows like nothing. And I was like, and so I instantly looked at my wife, and I was like, nope, this is stopping real quick. Like, we can at least take half of our old seven hundred, six hundred dollar payment. Like, we're putting that away, right? Yeah. Like, we'll live off the rest. Of it. And we still had fun doing whatever, but, um, you know, so that kind of goes on. I, I get a, I get another opportunity or it's kind of the same thing right so 60,600 pays six you know yeah and 
I had already gone through some stuff with my first duplex where, yeah. where I moved back home because the tenant, tenant, my first property, right, moves out. And, you know, I told my wife, I was like, we have an opportunity now. We can either go back home or we can rent that out for well more money because I'm learning a little bit. And she goes, now let's go back home. We'll rent this thing out. So I take that and I put it at like 700 bucks, right? And it feels like that. I mean, economy starting to come back, yep. you know, and, and, but so I made an extra hundred bucks over here, lost the extra 200, but it wasn't a big deal to me. So, um, because we'd already been kind of on this page of we're saving 300 bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, so like another opportunity, just like that in a duplex where it's this one pays for this one pays for, you know, the half pays for the whole thing. The other half that's money. And, uh, you know, when, when real estate kind of hits you hard, because yep. if you, if you get a repair bill, it's a repair bill, right? I mean, you do one $1,500 water heater and that, that that's a crap ton of coins. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we buy that one. Uh, we had to put m- more money down on it, of course. And yep. um, we had some savings. So I do that. Uh, opportunity comes, you know, we're three to five years into this marriage at this time, um, buying about one property a year. Yep. And then, uh, an opportunity comes to buy my current, my current house. So, yeah. uh, my wife is pregnant at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. With our first kid, my in-laws are, are getting foreclosed on. They've been getting foreclosed on for five years. Yeah. Like literally five years. Yeah. Okay. And foreclosure get, takes a while. This, t- I mean, back then, especially like, yeah, just took so long. Mm-hmm. So the bank comes out and they're like, Hey, you know, if, if you pay 90,000 bucks, you can get this. So I don't have 90,000 bucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I put it on Facebook. Social media is a huge thing. I said, Hey, I have a house that sold for 211,000 five, six, seven years ago. So it's got to have some value to it. I can get it for this price. Anybody have 90,000 bucks so I can get this deal. Uh, weird thing is, is the guy that I first used for my real estate thing, uh, it reaches out and he's like, I got this loan shark guy. Uh, you know, just, that's how you kind of put it, right? Yeah. It's called a hard money lender. Now learn. Right. He's like, he's like, look, you're going to pay really high interest, but you can just refi out of it or whatever. And I was like, right. I don't know what the hell you're saying, but like, dude, if I flip the house, I'm going to make 50, you know, 50,000 bucks or whatever the heck it is. So it was worth way more than the 90. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it was, so I go reach this guy and I was like, look, this is what I got. And he goes, if the numbers you're telling me are true kid, like shit, yeah, we'll loan you the money. And I was like, can I refi out of it? And so I'm talking to Rob at the same time. And he goes, yeah, if you're owner occupying, you could refi that thing tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, we're moving into it. Right. Like nope. my in-laws move over to my house. I go live in their house. And, uh, it, literally like I don't even make my first payment. I get my refinance off. of So I paid 86, five or 87, five, whatever it is. I refinance after all my cost, after everybody's fees, I pay $101,000. Okay. I have a 200 and something thousand dollar. Oh, easily. <laughs> I was like, you know, um, and it just, it worked out really well. So, uh, at that point, I mean, I have equity, so yep. I'm educating myself on real estate yep. more and more every day. I learn what a home equity line of credit is. Again, I got, I got equity. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to go open up a line of credit. 
take that, find another duplex, find another house. Friends of mine go through divorce uh, and they're like, hey, we just went out. We're behind on payments. Like, I'll give you what you paid for it or I'll give you what you owe. Yep. Yep. Cool. As long as we know the foreclosure. Well, and you just turned around and started, you know, kind of bailing people out. Yeah. And, and building your wealth from there. Yeah. And, and so, right. Like I met, I met my mentor. Uh, so I'm six months. So I, I own my house. Yep. Um, I don't know how we live there. Say a year. I go buy a duplex. I'm six months into this. Right. And my wife's grandfather looks at me and says, Hey, um, I got a friend that owns some properties. Would you be interested in talking with him? If you're going to, if you're going to get into this landlording thing, me being a humble person, I am. I said, if you own more than one and you've owned it for longer than a, you know, a week, you know, more than me. Right. So I go meet this guy and all of a sudden, yeah. All of a sudden, it's just, I sit with him. He makes fun of me because my first lease is on a line piece of paper. Um, and he goes, look, kid, that's going to blow up in your face. Let me know when it does. And uh, it literally just blows up in my face, right? I mean, again, they were there nine months out of the full year that they were supposed to be. And I call him and he goes, yeah, just let him let him out because you have nothing to stand behind because you don't have a lease. And I'm like, that's that's just insane. Um, you know, and so that's what I, I found my success, I guess, by helping people out, right. Finding, finding what they need, giving them what they need and turning it into real estate because I had somebody there to say, Hey, yeah, this is a good deal. This is a bad deal. Um, you know, and now, you know, building that relationship with him took me years. So I've known him 10, 10 years now, let's say, right. And I, I bought, um, a complex from him. Um, I bought other buildings from people that he knows, uh, you know, and he taught me about land contracts, right? Like I couldn't get a loan on one of them. Cause they're like, Oh, you got to have 25% down, which I was like, all right, you know, let's say it's half million dollar building 25% down is a hundred or, you know, 125,000. That's 20%. But like, you know, it's a crap ton of money. And then they're like, Oh, you need a appraisal for 5,000 bucks. Cause when you get in the commercial, it's just huge. Oh, you need, you need this. Our closing costs are, are just asking everything. Just, and he goes, tell you what, why don't we just do it the cheap way? We'll do a land contract. I don't have to pay my high taxes. I don't have to do. And I'm like, this will work out awesome. Like, um, so I, I build that relationship and I do that with a lot of people. I mean, you know, David, David knows like, Hey, who's the first person that people send? Hey, I have an issue with this. Well, Nick will be able to help you out. You know, if, if I make money on it, great. If I don't, like, at least I've helped somebody with a house. Well, right? you know a lot of people, and that helps. I mean, but I built my way through that, right? You, you have. I and, and honestly, when you're in anything that we do, yep. so you're in the financial field in any way, your best bet is to build relationships. Oh, yeah. Like, Nick is very outgoing, very much an extrovert. Yeah. You know, Mike and I are very introverted. We don't like to talk to people. But when there are people that share our passion. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to those people. Like, if if you like softball, I'm going to talk to you. If you like Star Wars, I'm going to talk to you. If you like money, I'm going to talk to you. Yep. Well, you know, it was, it was brought up to me the other day. 
somebody asked me a question about what the on the on the last six to eight feet of the wing of an airplane, why is there an 80 degree angle and stuff? Mm-hmm. And I was like, he goes, oh, you're a really smart guy. And I was like, nope. I was like, I have a friend that's a pilot. Hold on. So he was on his way to Florida. I sent a text message to my buddy who's a pilot. I get an answer, drop it to him. By the time he gets off the plane, he pops it up and he goes, you're just a wealth of knowledge. And I said, no, it's because I know people that know what the hell they're doing. So, and that's what, like, again, Rob, right? Like yeah. he, he does it. Like I, I, I give him so much credit because like he walked me through, Hey, this is kind of Walt, right. Which is, is the guy who I, I deal with. Um, he's just a wealth of knowledge on real estate. I don't know everything, but he knows way more than me, you know? Um, let's say, there we go. Say that's awesome. Uh, we just got a message from Rob that he uh, received this package and he'll be uh, representing bucks and brews tomorrow. But you know, when it comes to, when it comes to budgeting, am I the greatest at it? No, but like, I know David's really good at it. He's willing to sit with people. So it's like, Hey, if you want to work on it, here's what it is. Well, and you um, know, I, I know that, you know, so upcoming episodes for anybody that's out there listening, you know, we have a 19 year old that's going to sit in with us and, and talk to us about what him and I sat down and talked about, you know, investing and, yep. and saving for retirement. We have one of our former players, Ashley, who's going to come in and sit down with us. She turns, are you ready for this? She turns 21 on Saturday. <laughs> That's crazy, isn't it? That's, uh... So she has been putting me off for a while because she wants to be able to come in and actually join Bucks and Brews. Oh, see, there we go. So we, she... won't, we won't let her drink. <laughs> She's 21. Can't, she can do what she wants. Can't drink with a player. So, um, so, you know, that's coming up, but, but we also, Eric, who, who, you know, has been listening, I don't know if he's still listening, but he was listening earlier. He goes, Hey, uh, I got to sit with you guys again. Cause I got to tell you my updates from the deck conversation. Cause he was our very first. Yeah. Why am I in deck talk? Yep. And he sent me all these messages to update me. And I'm like, we're not going to talk about any of this. Yep. It's going to be a surprise for Nick. And, and when we have you back on, and of course he's going to have to be a Sunday episode. Yep it's you're gonna sit there and go all right well you know so you know we so that's kind of my real estate so now right i'm at gentex and okay real estate's i didn't know it was going to work out kind of the way it did so again i'm working in a warehouse and you know i go back to the old school thing well you know wealthy people are sitting there telling me hey start your 401k start your 401k and you know, I'm, again, I'm going to listen to wise people, you know, screw it. Like, so I started, you know, Gentex did a 3% match or 5% match at the time. And I was like, yep. I, like I got a raise or I did this, like, cool. Like I'm, I'm going to put three or 5% in like, yeah, it seemed on my paycheck. But at the time when I got hired in, and you know, I was working for 10 bucks an hour at Gentex. Uh, when I got hired in, they gave me a dollar raise. Right. Yep. Um, I was making it on 10 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a dollar raise, so I'm at 11 bucks an hour. Within two weeks, I got hired into the warehouse, which was my original spot, a first temp to go there into the warehouse. So they gave me a $2 an hour raise above that. So I'm at 13 bucks. And I was like, well, you know, if I do it right now, I won't see the difference because I'm not used to the paycheck, you know? Um, So I was very smart in that aspect of like, hey, keep getting, keep this same paycheck. You're, You're still doing fine off of it. So I took that and then I started saving again right because I, I there's another real estate deal the faster i can get money to put down in the place 
the faster it will go. Um, and then, you know, there, there was a time probably, gosh, I was there for almost, say, um, nine. You were there years, a long time. Right? Um, nine years, I guess, before I got fired. Yeah. Um, and that was probably five years in. Fired. Yeah, I was five years in. And, uh, I, I, you know, I said, man, 401k, like, I'm, I'm probably starting to listen to podcasts at this time. Yep. I'm starting to, you know, educate just myself on financials. And so mm-hmm. I... I'm listening to Listen Money Matters, which I got you addicted to. And you then, did. And then, Love that show. And then all of a sudden, they, they stopped. Um, I, and honestly, I kind of feel like we picked up where they left off. I, I really hope, do. Right? I, really I mean, hope. they like to drink beer and yeah. talk finances, well, then, and we do too. Then they changed to tea and water quite a bit. So. Yeah, that, that was kind of... Yeah. Mm. But, um, right, so I, I, I'm listening to them, and they're talking about betterment. And I was yeah. like, again, so five years ago, yeah, I had a kid. And so I was like... I'm going to give this better minute thing a shot. I told my buddies, I was like, hey, I'm going to try this thing. I'll let you guys know how it works. Right. I started investing like 25 bucks a week. Um, Cause it just automatic withdrawals yep. on my account. And I was like, this is no. So I get to, I think I was going to, I knew I had a purchase. I was going to buy. And I was like, if it makes money, great. If it loses money, whatever. And I, I did, I lost, I lost money on my first, but I knew what my end goal was. It was yep. just, I want to say six months, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I knew my purchase was coming up. So I withdraw the money. I called the company. I was like, hey, I need to withdraw this money. And they're like, okay. Like, so they send me a check for, I don't know, a thousand bucks. I don't even, it wasn't even that much. Right. And uh, I lost money, but like I get a check and I go, oh, this shit's real. Mm-hmm. Like it actually works. I can take my money out. Like it's not a scam system. There's nothing about it. And so then I probably was down for two months and then had my kid and I was like, I'm going to, so she's six months old. That's what happened. So she's six months old. And I was like, I do have to do something for her future because I don't want to just sell a house later on to to pay for whatever. So I start putting 25 bucks back a week. I said, I'm never going to touch this until whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it just kept going. And then all of a sudden I raised it to 50 and then I raised it to 75. My 401k, you know, real estate's starting to kind of kick up for me a little bit. So I was like, I, you know, I lived off 10 bucks an hour. Here I am making 24 bucks an hour. I lived off 10, like get back to it. Right. So mm-hmm. I took, I took 25% of my money and invested into, yep. uh, I put 5% into regular 401 and 20% into Roth 401 yep. because I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I was like, I know I'd be, I know I'd be a millionaire later right like my goal is to make a million dollars a fucking month like and you don't want to pay those taxes later because i'm like my tax bracket at this time yeah. right, is like i don't know what 20 percent. like i know i'm gonna be at 30 percent, 29 percent. you're you're 15 to 20 percent right yeah, now and you're gonna be at 30 percent later right like so i was like in my head i was like man i know i'm gonna be successful yep. i know i'm yep. gonna be there like nick pay your taxes now because it's nothing like when you're when you're paying double later and Correct. so you know, but there was also that little 5% of me that was like, if everything fails, I still have this 401k building, yep. right? And they didn't offer uh, Roth 401k until, you know, years later, like, yep. I want to say three years after I started really investing into my big 401k. So then I took all that out and started kind of going the other way. So I have a really decent sized 401k, um, betterment's kind of going, uh, while I'm at work, right? So I wasn't the greatest employee, but like I was day trading with, uh, TD Ameritrade, yep. um, <laughs> you know, and I, just like you, right? Like yeah. you talk to Mike and he's like, oh, this one shoots up. And so talking to a friend and I was, I was doing, all right, 
all of a sudden it just starts working and I'm, I'm leveraging money. And all of a sudden I look at my wife and I was like, hey, I'm going to throw 10 grand in here. Mm-hmm. And she goes, all right, I trust you. And I was like, all right. So I throw 10 grand in and I make a shit ton of coin. You're like I made 27,000 bucks. Yeah. Right? Like, well, so I made $17,000, right? Like you throw in 10, you had 27. Yeah. I, I did very well. Yep. Um, and then I stopped like, and now I have, you know, a few stocks like, cause I, you know, I wasn't sleeping at this time. Like I mean, when you're dealing with 10 K, I don't, I don't have millions of liquid asset, right? right. Like I have, you know, I, and, and so, you know, we go back to my grandma and that was one of the things. So before my grandma passed, she's sitting there in the chair and she looks at me and she goes, yeah, I just want you to know, I'm very proud of you. And she goes, I, I do have to ask how many properties are you up to? And I, you know, at the time, I don't know, a few. And uh, she goes, you millionaire yet? And I said, grandma, I hit, I hit millionaire status at 27 years old. And she, her face lit up. Right. And she goes, uh, she goes, no one in my family has ever hit a million dollars. And I, you know, I was like, I don't intend to stop. Like, right. It's not the money aspect. It's, I, I want my life to be just so much. Right. Like I, I think <laughs> say, yeah, I say do what I want when I want to. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, cause dude, I miss being 19 to well, I missed like 18 to 20 right when I was quitting my jobs just because I wanted to go on vacation or I, I, I didn't need that. And like, that was huge for me. Like, because I was, I was that guy who literally, like I said, cool. If I have my job, when I get back, awesome. If not, oh, well, yep. because I owned, I owned the one real estate at the time, like my house, maybe another one or something. And no, so 20, I bought my house. So, right. And, and I was like, worst case scenario, I end up back in my mom's basement. And like, dude, that wasn't bad. My mom works second shift. I worked for like, we never yeah. seen each other. Yeah. My, it, it worked out just like you, right? Like stay as long mm-hmm. as you can. Um, but when I got married, like you got to get your own place. I mean, yeah. And so, but I wasn't used to budgeting. I wasn't used to any of that stuff. Budgeting was learned because, I mean, you get for kind of had to, right? Yeah. Like you got bill, like. It just, hey, you know, and the bill that pisses me off the most is probably my cheapest one. It's fucking trash. Yeah. Because right? like, dude, when you're when you're just well, you had three of you, but you know, we're eating out constantly. Yeah. Right. We're doing whatever, and you know, when you have when you have the six hundred dollars a freaking uh, six hundred dollars a month extra, let's say, yeah, plus your other budget that you had extra, um, dude, my my trash, I would throw like. I mean, I still do it now, like at my house, right? Like I throw one fucking garbage bag away. And then, so, you know, three times a year, I'll fill the damn thing. And I'm like, oh man, I wish to come get the trash twice. But like, I I don't, it's just a bill I never use. And I'm like, how do I get rid of this thing? So, um, you know, I I, I say, and then talking like, right. Then we we start talking more like, hey, this is what, you know, Oh, Hey, what are you doing? I'm doing real estate. Oh, Hey, Oh, I'm getting into budgeting. Oh, cool. Like, and then just, Oh, Hey, I'm getting into Weevil. Yeah. I'm gonna give this a shot. Like, Hey, I'm day trading. And it's just like, we kind of bounce because I didn't know the only, the only okay. So like in my life, my best friend, his parents were both topping, you know, yep. they're very good engineers. They're making a hundred thousand a piece type thing. And that was a huge impact in my life. Like 
His, I drove out with my buddy to New York for him to go to college. Yep. His parents flew me home. I've never been on a plane. Like my mom couldn't afford a fucking plane ticket. And you people are like, yeah, we'll just fly you back home. Yeah. And that was my life. Are you, what, what, you're going to fly me back? Home? Like who just has yeah. this kind of money to yeah. fly someone? And he's like, my buddy's like, yeah, it's fine. And I drive out there and you know, Hey, yeah. Okay. Hey, we're going to go here for breakfast. We're going to do this. And yep. just, right. Put it, you know, my, my parents got you covered. Like, and dude, when we were, my wife and I were dating and we're like, Hey, I'd really want to come out and see you. Hey, go see my parents before you leave. They'll give you gas money to get there and back. I'll, I'll cover everything when you get here. You got a deal, dude. Like every part of this. And yep. so like, you know, everybody goes, Oh, why, you know, why do you stay with friends? Well, like, Hey, I love my friends yeah. and I don't see them very often. So I don't feel like it's a burden for me to be there. Yep. So when we go back to camping, like, Dude, you said it like I I just get to get away from all this hustle and bustle, like the clutter of everything. It's fine for me, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's 40 bucks a night, but yeah, my 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 pop-up camper is better than a hundred dollar hotel. <laughs> so so I mean we kind of hit both of us. Yeah. And I mean, we've been doing this, you know, for an hour and 45 minutes, but happens. I kind of want to get into to Mike's story here. Okay. I, I know a decent amount. You know a little bit. A little bit. So, I mean, Mike. Well, we're lost. We're drunk. Yeah, you might want to fix your camera. Oh, we might. We'll, we don't want to, but we will. We'll try just, that. Yeah, that's a little better. It's for the viewers. They it, love the beard. It fell because Nick did something. Yeah. Just say. You really wouldn't like it right there. Anybody on YouTube? Sorry. So, so Mike and I have known each other a long, long time, and he grew up a little bit different in playing well than I did. Yep. You yeah. Know, his family didn't have cable. Sure. It, it's quite a bit different. So. No, yeah. Well, my family growing up, I mean, it was four kids. Um, you know, my dad was really the only major source of income for a good portion of it. My mom, after my younger sisters got into school age, started working, but only like part-time as a preschool teacher. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we did, much like you were talking about, Nick, a lot of our vacations were just camping. I mean, we would travel to a lot of different places, like we'd hit the East Coast, go to the mountains, like in Kentucky and Tennessee. We'd go, did a three-week trip you know, out uh, California and Washington and, you know, Arizona and all those kind of places. We did a lot of camping, you know, and I think it's just if you grow up with it, you just kind of be used to it. And, you know, it was all driving. It was all, you know, we'd stay in hotels usually every three or four days or something like that, just to be able to, you know, get a, you know, really good shower and, you know, a real bed and, yeah, I mean, you know, we never did cable. Credit cards were never a major thing. You know, my parents had them, but they were always for emergency purposes. Sure. Um, did they pay them off? Or do you, do you, did they let you know about these types of things? I really didn't know a lot about it growing up. So I'm guessing they did a good job of paying them off. Um. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I never knew them. They were always, you know, pretty much when we became adults, if we needed that, you know, something, they helped pay for it. 
you know, I went to a very expensive college. Um, I worked hard to pay for the portion I could. You know, I worked at Wendy's. I also worked at Parker Hannafin, which was a factory. And I paid for as much as I could. And my mom basically, instead of me having to take out student loans, my mom would use what she was getting paid to pay for the rest of my school. And so I got loans from them, but it was nice because I didn't have, it was kind of a double-edged sword. It was nice to not have student loans that you had to pay off immediately, but it also kind of doesn't help your credit when you don't have something like that. You know, I probably didn't have my first credit card till I first you know, got out of college and, you know, moved on to my own. And it was probably, it started with like a $250 credit limit, it started through, you know, just a card that my bank was willing to give me. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, I had the same thing, like, right when I got out, I don't, like, I just listened to everybody else, and it was stupid people and smart people or whatever, but it was like, oh, hey, you want to build credit? Get a credit card, and it was mm -hmm. like, so I went to the bank, and I was like, hey, I want to build credit, I need a credit card, and they're like, all right, here's a student credit card, 500 bucks, and I was poor, but like still 500 bucks. I was like, that fuck's 500 bucks going to do for me? Like, right. what am I going to buy with this? Right. Like, so, and, and somebody, I guess when I was getting it, I got the right person. They're like, just make sure you pay it off. Right. They're like, I was like, so how does this work? I just open it and do it. And then they have to, you have to use it, but just make sure you pay it off. And I yeah. was like, like every part of this didn't make sense to me. I was like, I didn't understand credit at this time. Like, the hell do you mean use it and pay it off? Why don't I just use my damn debit card? Like, that's stupid. And they're like, well, it doesn't build credit. And I was like, yep. whatever, I'm going to trust you, right? So I, I went and bought my damn books at Cal, you know, for college or whatever, 200 bucks here or there. And I just walk into the bank and I'm like, I got to pay this off apparently. And they're like, okay. And I was like, take money out of this account, pay this stupid thing. And that's why I don't do it now because I find it so stupid. I'm like, take money from here. And put it right here, which is still the same me. I was like, why can't I just be one person with one? <laughs> you know? Um, no, so I, I, I get where you're coming from on that. Like, granted, but from what I hear is, did you use your credit card to pay with your love chats with David? No, I mean, I usually, that was a phone bill. Okay. and But you didn't oh. use your credit card to pay the phone bill? No, I, I would pay my phone bills with, and I mean, at that point... You know, up until I moved back from Illinois, you know, I lived in an apartment with our friend Mikey for a year before I moved to Illinois, after I first got out of college. Um, and I didn't use the credit card for a lot of things. I'd like throw a dinner on it or I'd throw, you know, gas for the week on it and then I would pay it back, you know. Sure. And then time, I really didn't go into major debt until I'm similarly, I moved to Illinois. Yeah. And I had gas I had to pay for. I had meals I had to pay for. I had, you know, other things. And I had no source of income. And so, you know, I racked up that. And at that point, I probably had gotten a second credit card. And maybe that one was a $500 credit limit. And I pretty much maxed out both of those when I was living in Illinois with no income. And then I had my seizure. And that was medical bills without insurance which racked up a lot. So sure. Well, back then, back, there, it wasn't like it is now. There was no, you could stay on your parents' plan until you were 26. It was, yeah. if you weren't working 
you know, full time, you weren't getting insurance. Did they have the college rule back then? They did. I, I was covered in college. Graduated. Once oh, okay. I graduated, I couldn't, I wasn't covered. Sure. So, so how did you pay for that medical stuff? I pretty much got on a payment plan. Okay. And, you know, it was $50 a month. And I paid that $50 a month for the two years or whatever it took to pay it. I mean, it was nice because they, you know, they charged, I don't if they even charged in the industry. I don't think so. they may not have. Because quite often with hospitals, they just want their money. They don't care about profit. They make profit through everything else that they do. So they don't, you know, you get in that, they're not looking for, they're not like a bank or a credit card company where your debt is their money. Sure. Um, so, you know, I pretty much paid that off. I had a car payment. You know, I, I would basically, you know, I have roommates. I did pretty much until I got to the point where I could pay off most of my car and all of my uh, medical bills. I pretty much always had a roommate of some sort or another. Um, and then finally decided to try to move on to my own without a roommate. And I only did that probably for about a year. And then I realized it was more financially sound to have a roommate. And I, you know, again, I just kind of, I didn't budget or anything. So I wasn't smart about my money, but I wasn't being completely stupid. I mean, you know, like I said, if David and I went to, do something, you know, when he was in town that cost a lot of money, which we won't name. Um, we can name it. Parkway Tropics. Way to go. Shout out to Tony. Never been yeah. there. Oh, you should. But I uh, should, but never been there. Say, some yeah. other clubs, maybe. Some other clubs, yeah, geez. No, we would, you know, that was all coming out of my paychecks. Like I said, I wouldn't go do a cash advance on my credit card or anything like sure. that. Sure. Um, at a point... I'm trying to think of when it was. I think it was when another time when I had attempted to, it was after David and I had stopped being friends. So it was probably after I broke up with the woman who kind of put a wrench in our friendship. Um, you know, I that that's when I started one. kind of getting stupid. Is, you know, I tried to live on my own. I tried, and I kind of lived a little beyond my means. You know, I, you know, would go, you know, I never at that point had been good about, um, you know, cooking or anything. I always wanted, uh, you know, just make it quick and easy after work, you know, buy something on the way home, buy, you know, buy lunch at work, buy, you know, breakfast on the way into work. You know, and I got to the point where there were a couple of times I had to take payday loans and payday loans I learned are like the worst possible thing you can do because it really is just a vicious cycle. It's you know? literally like a loan shark. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's it's like legal loan sharking. Mm -hmm. It should, be, would, it should mean, be illegal. It should, it should be. be. But I mean, it would be like, you know, I'd start with like, oh, I just need $500 to make it. Well, you know, I get that $500 to make it till I got paid again. And knowing I had to pay 600 out of my paycheck to pay that 500 off. And then I'd have to pull another 500 out to make ends meet. Yep. So I was kind of like 
at a point I kind of got, I mean, it wasn't a, um, like David had said, uh, uh, what was the term you used when your mom bailed you out? I didn't get a bailout, yeah, but when yeah. I finally got to the point where like all my credit cards were maxed out, I was doing payday loans. You know, my parents basically said, okay, what do you need? We'll write a check. And I mean, it was all money that I owed them, but they also have been also very good about, you know, if one of my siblings had to take out, you know, borrow like $500, I'd say, well, you know, this sibling had to borrow $500. We're going to be even, we're going to take $500 off of whatever. So, you know, a few times they, you know, they did a really good, but I mean, I still probably paid, I'd say 80, 90% of what I owed back to them mm -hmm. over the course of everything. I mean, there were a few times that they cleared out. Um, and then, you know, I bought my first house probably a few years again after David and I stopped talking. Um, and I mean, I bought one that was affordable to me. I made sure it was within my means. You know, I wasn't going to want to get into that hole again of needing to take payday loans or, you know, my car was paid off at that point. Um, even to the point where while I was buying it, I was able to buy a new car. Um, and still keep affording it. But again, I still wasn't doing a great job. I wasn't investing or anything other than the 401k. Um, and then, you know, like I said, life happens and you never know what's going to happen. And I met my future ex-wife. Well, you know, probably a year after I had bought my house, um, you know, met her. We hit it off really well, got married very, very quickly, mostly because she had four kids from a previous marriage and I didn't want us, you know, being a bad influence to the kids by not being in a committed relationship but then living together. So, you know, but I was making enough money and she had enough money through her um, child support that she was receiving to where I felt like I could still pay for my house while it sold. But then her ex-husband lost his job and had to go on unemployment. And she lost like three months worth of child support. And pretty much during that three months that she lost child support, we really didn't have. And then when he got his, when he got a new job, he was making a lot less than he had been making before. So support dropped. At that point, we really couldn't afford for me to pay for my house anymore that I wasn't living. And it was unfortunately in the 2008, 2009 timeframe where, you know, the housing market was horrible. You yeah, know? You, you hit that bubble at that point. Yeah. And so I had to short sell my house for, you know, a quarter to a third of what it was worth. And that's, you know, I still, and at that point, you know, I was working hard. She was a stay at home mom. I kind of let her handle the bills. You know, again, 401ks, a little bit of savings toward my kids' college, but not a ton. You know, I put like spare change in a piggy bank, and you know, every you know year or so, I open up the piggy bank, you know, cash in the change, and that would go into the kids, you know, savings or whatever. Um, so really, I mean. 
you know, even in a lot of it, it just seemed like a lot of paycheck to paycheck living. So until I got divorced, you know, I didn't realize how much debt I was in. And, you know, I really didn't get smart with money really until that point. And it was really David talking to him that helped me, you know, I, you know, figured out what my budget was. I figured out what I needed to do. I took out a prosper loan to pay off the, you know, half of the base, well, not to pay off, but to basically say, you know what, this is half the debt that we all, that, you know, my half of the debt that we accrued while we were married. And I basically wrote her, you know, a check and said, there, this takes me off all of the credit card debt. This takes me off everything, you know, it allowed me to just break. Sure. You know, there was a loan that we had taken out, you know, my, my dad had signed on it and we were paying him for putting an extension onto the house that we were living in. I paid him off in, you know, full. I paid off her, you know, part that she did. And that's really when, you know, I started budgeting. Unfortunately, I really didn't start investing well until after I started listening to you guys. Oh, which is... Because, you know, for that first few years, you know, I wanted to pay off the Prosper debt. I wanted to pay off my car loan. You know, I was not living in an apartment, so, you know, or I was living in an apartment, so I didn't have a house at that point. So I was doing that. I was trying to, you know, just pay off what I owed so that way I would have more money for everything. And I mean, at this point, you know, I have my mortgage, my car's paid off, the prosper's paid off. I do have a loan that I took out when I bought my house separately to help kind of pay the car payment off and some other things and basically the, the, a good down payment on my house that I'm still paying off. That's, you know, probably have that paid off within the year. But then at this point, I'm also, you know, like I said, I'm diversified. I've got Betterment. I've got Acorns. I've got Weeball. I've recently got into um, Stash and um, public, public, you know, I have a couple of different Roth IRAs besides my 401k. You know, I, I didn't even do my 401k. You know, I've been at my job for 22 and a half years now at the, at the company I'm currently working with. And I probably didn't do my 401k until I had been there for two and a half years. I've probably been doing a 401k for about two years, for about 20 years now. It also didn't help that when I split up, my ex got like 30% of my 401k because she was able to claim half of what I accrued during the time we were married. Sure. So let's hold that for just a minute, Mike, because Podbean's going to cut me off. So we're going to hang on for half a second here and end our live. Exit that. Stay there, Mike. Don't leave because we're going to go live again because why the not? Nah. Because that's who we are. So, you know, the live is only good for two hours. That's what yeah. we just found out. And it told us we had two minutes to, um, you know, start another one. Imagine if you weren't using a paid Zoom and you were doing it every 40 minutes. 
Oh man, we'd have to make our episodes forty minutes because. Well, we'll still upload this as one it's, full one, but you'd spend forty minutes just talking beer. We we really would. Uh, one of us. So I gotta tap the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go away. Start. One so the, we're we're back on the air here with Podbean Live, but Mike Mike is is still telling the story through Zoom. So I think. I think one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, Mike was just telling us that, you know, we would spend 40 minutes talking about beer and Mike, I think you forget how much beer I drink. I don't try to talk about beer. I just try to. That's true. You just drink the beer. I I will say, I think our, our live baseball episode might go a little longer than than the two hours. I'm just saying. Well, I know I'm time limited because my wife's going to make me get out of here. So Mike, now, when you when you started listening to us, and this is going to be a promotion for us, I guess. Like, what I guess, what made you start wanting to invest? What made you change your mind to actually start getting into investments? Besides, it's always something I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to do it. Okay, so you know, and I like I said, the first few years, I really just wanted to pay bills. Yep. I just really wanted to you know, not feel like I was living paycheck to paycheck. I wanted to build the savings. I wanted to pay the bills. I wanted to feel, um, you know, more in control. And I really didn't feel I could do a lot of investing until, like I said, I didn't have to spend two thirds of my paycheck on bills. Yeah. Sure. That's what I'm finding is, you know, I, I took a big pay cut and it would, you know, it's fine. I'm still living the same, let's say, but all of a sudden it hit me. Like, I don't have my 401. I don't have other, you know, I guess I don't have the IRA. Built. You, you don't have those retirement right automatically pulling. So you have to actually like, I have to actually do, do that. And I, and it's funny because I talk about it all the time, but I'm sitting here going, Oh man, everything was automatic. And now my automatics have stopped and I haven't probably grown in nine months. And now I have to figure out where that different money is coming from. And, you know, talking with Walt and stuff is like, Mm -hmm. Hey kid, this is where your retirement is. Don't worry about it. You're still going to be fine. And it's like, I get what you're saying, but I always want that safety net, man. Like I'm a big safety net kind of guy. Like I really am. Well, because I work from home, which, you know, I I know I have a, few listeners that you know work the same place I work I have that ability to know what I'm doing daily and know where my money's going so I I can sit there and say hey I should throw a little bit extra into my Roth this month yep Mm -hmm. so I mean you know I I knew a stimulus was coming and I so my wife has no retirement accounts sure I started a Roth for her this year and I'm like all right stimulus is coming let me throw a little extra in her Roth Yep. Because I need to make sure that, you know, I'm not the only one that's drawing a salary when we retire. Yeah. No. And that's, you know, that's huge because right when you're relying on the one income, you're when you're used to, let's say two, right. I mean, yep. you know, that, we talk about it on a, um, an episode where we're life insurance, right. And it's yep. like, I get people all the time. Well, what happens when you die? My family's set, but like, they're set minus my retirements, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, 
I, you know, so I need to make sure that I hold my value in that aspect. So, well, you know, and I, I, I have everything broken down for me that if I drop dead right now, this is what you get from here. This is what you get from here. This is what you get from here. Yep. You know, so they know what the life insurance is. They know what the retirement accounts are. They know what, you know, is in my savings. It's, it's all right there. Sure. No. And, uh, so where do you, I guess, where do you see yourself? heading are you are you planning early retirement are you still just on track for um you know if, if it's gonna be early it'll be maybe three or four years early it won't be way early just because i mean at this point i'm gonna my kids aren't gonna graduate high school until i'm mid-50s sure oh so, you know yeah, I'm, gonna pay for their college. Paying, I'm gonna be paying child support till you know for another you know, seven years basically from this coming spring. Yep. So I don't expect, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I make a decent amount of money, but child support is a, a good amount of money when you make a good amount of money. It is. Yeah. So, you know, I really don't see, I mean, probably before I got divorced, I was on track probably retire with 1.2, 1.3 million in my 401k. Probably at this point with what she took out and just how the market's been over time, I might be at about 800,000 until I can, you know, without, if I live just on that. But I mean, with the 401k being pre-tax, that means, you know, I probably have, Five fifty, six hundred thousand after yeah. taxes. Sure. When I think, you know, like the only. So that's kind of why I wanted to get into post-tax investments. So that way, I knew that, you know, with the Roth IRA, if I have two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in a Roth IRA, that's two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I think like one of the biggest things. I think we're gonna, you know, kind of wrap it up. The the advice I'll give you is, you know, your income your income is gonna stay the same or hopefully go up, right? In the next yeah. years, you're used to paying that child support. So when when you're done with it, give yourself a bonus, right? So I don't well, know, that's what I plan like, on doing. I don't plan to like all yeah. of a sudden break in, you know, be like, oh, I'm gonna buy a new house, I'm gonna buy a new car, I'm gonna do this, yeah. I'm gonna be like that, you know thousand dollars or whatever a month that is going to child support is going to go into the Roth IRA or yeah. I'll increase what I'm doing in my 401k or I'll. Yeah. No, 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 that's huge. Right. Like just make sure, make sure you do that because, you know, I, I, I always tell people, you know, give yourself 10% if you, if you absolutely need it and you, mm -hmm. you know, you're tired of that quote unquote daily struggle, you know, give yourself that 25%. Um, but 75% needs to go away. Like, yeah, I I'm, I'm a big fan because you're, you've, you've done it for 18 years. You might as well keep going with it. Right. Like it, it's not going to change your life. Well, like my car comes due end of the year yep, and it saves me $299 a month. I'm going to take that $299 a month. I'm going to split it between my raw yep. and my house payment. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, that's probably another thing I'll do. Yeah. I probably want to call the raw that go and do a lot more. They'll probably go into that, and they'll probably go a lot more into um, 
house payments. And, you know, unfortunately, I've only owned my house for, I think this is three years coming basically in May. You know, probably when I, in another two years, if the, if the interest rates are good, I'm probably going to refi for a, uh, you know, 15-year fixed instead of a 30-year fixed. Uh, well, you know, I think that's, I think that's a big key is, you know, I say, when, if David and I were to say, hey, you know, he's like, hey, I want to invest. And I think he's getting, I mean, you're not necessarily 45, but, you know, to me, 45 is, is pretty much that age where you should be getting rid of that house as quick as possible. Because, what, you know, once you look at that, so let's say, let's say you have a $1,000 house mm-hmm. payment, 350 of that's probably taxes and insurance. Yep. Okay. Now you have another 650 bucks. Now, and, and you're talking, hey, I have 300 here. But when, when you look at the math, like put that 300 towards it, take that other 650. Now you have 950 that you're plummeting away at investments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've missed some some growth, but the the loss of it, I mean, get rid of your debt, just every damn dime of it. Like, I, you know, I, I'm not the greatest investor in real estate, like let's say, because I do, I, you know, I don't pay that a bare minimum. I, I overpay a little bit mm-hmm. on, on everything. The one I, the one I pay $2 and 12 cents over. Um, but I know that like the other one I pay, let's say a hundred bucks over. Yeah. And once that thing's gone, all that, like that hundred plus whatever yeah. else is going towards that one. Because um, like, I know where I, I know where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I know my big goal, I'm 43. I'm going to be 44 this summer. Yep. My big goal is by the time I'm 55, 56, yeah. my house is paid. Yep. And it's, you know, and, and at, when your house gets paid, and if you're looking at big investments that you have out there, mm-hmm. I think it's a time where you go, hey, can I live off of this amount of money? Because mm-hmm. my house is paid. All I have to do is cover taxes and insurance. And can I retire early? Well, can, can I'm, I, I'm throwing over $1,000 a month right now at my house. Yep. Because I want to pay it off early. Yep. And that includes the escrow, so the taxes and the insurance. So, you know... I'm sitting there. I think my payment's nine sixty with everything. If I went to full fifty years, sure. But I'm paying well over a thousand because I want to get it paid off sooner. Yep. Well, and, you know, and I I do the thing, and this isn't this is just bare minimum. And then when I have the extra money, I throw extra money at it. But I do the thing where it's you know every two weeks I get paid. Every two weeks, half of what my house payment is per month comes out so twice or whatever four times a year mm-hmm. I basically pay an extra payment yep. toward my house payment so that's that but then you know if I have an extra $50 I have a thing where you know not only that's the automatic deposit then I have you know my house payment on my you know as one of my bills you know pay bill type people you know, things on my thing. If I've got an extra 50 bucks, I'm like 50 bucks toward the house payment. Yeah. 20 bucks toward the house payment. Oh, yeah. And like, it, you know, it's, it adds up. I, you know, we talked about that in one of, uh, one of our podcasts was like a quarter and how much a quarter adds up. It takes off, yep. of, it takes off months. Like it's like three point something months just off of 25 cents, right? Like, um, yeah, every little bit counts. Right? It, it really does. So, 
I know we've gone over two hours tonight. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to cut this up a little bit because we had a little technical difficulties here and there. Happens. Internet <laughs> crapping out on us. Um, I'd like to thank myself, uh, Right Brain for the CEO Stout and Saga Tuck for the Neapolitan Milk Stout, which I paid for, but I'd still like to thank them for making delicious beers. Yeah, you know, I'd like to thank myself for giving my own journey. No, and uh, say founders, uh, Charisse, I've, I've enjoyed a few of them tonight. Um, I know Mike drank some stuff. What'd you have, Mike? I had the Grand Armory Fluffernutter Peanut Butter Marshmallow Stout. And How was that? Really good. And the Grand Armory um, White Chocolate Blonde. And then because I finished those, then I moved to a Shiner Strawberry Blonde. Oh, nice. a little shiner. Let's say some good beers there. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, like always, uh, you know, truthfully, this one, we hope you liked it because it was our life and our journey. And it, it really was. Um, we talked about a lot of failures, a lot of successes. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, if you didn't like it, it's all right. It wasn't your life. <laughs> if you did like it, you know. Please we're, give us feedback. Yeah, we so, we want to know what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. I um we'll be doing more live on Podbean because that sounds like fun. Why not? I mean, you know, we only get two hours, but we can we can fill that two hours. Well, maybe we'll just split it into two episodes. A baseball episode coming up uh on the twenty-seventh. Same, what's that baseball episode gonna be about? So baseball. We're gonna strictly we're, baseball. We're gonna have well, we're gonna talk about how to save money at baseball games, and we're gonna talk about I got I got some great trivia. Yep. Um, I know we're gonna be joined by Mike. He'll be live in studio. We're gonna have uh, both. I think both Seawicks on. Okay. Um, you met David already, but I I believe Daniel will be on, and even my daughter might pop in. There we go. So, um, as always, like, subscribe, share. Tell your friends that we have really cool glasses that you can't get your hands on. T-shirts um, that you can get your hands on, Bucks and Brews. Say, which, you know, if we get a big enough order for more large shirts, I mean, we have large and extra, extra large. large left, but yeah. we've sold out of big boy sizes. We have, because we are big boys. Yeah, and, and you know, we have big boy friends. We so, do. Um, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family. Um, if you don't have any friends, then... Find some. You say, just go make them, right? Like, talk, talk, talk money. People will talk. True story. And you uh, talk money, David and Nick will be your friends. Damn right about that. We love to talk money. Probably a positive. Yeah. yeah hop, hop out our, our live anytime we do it. We'll talk money with you. So uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Oh, did you stop the uh, video? I, I have not stopped the video yet, but I'm oh. doing that right now. Um...